0: Welcome to Fly Cool Shit Fly Cool Shit A podcast about flying cool shit Join us weekly
1: where we talk about aerobatics, warbirds, tailwheel flying, unique aircraft, and much, much more Let's start the show You're cleared into the box Smoke on
0: Hey everyone, welcome uh, to Fly Cool Shit, episode fifteen. This time, I'm Mark. I got Petroselli, the man, the myth, the legend.
1: You got my name right this time. I'm excited.
0: I know. I called you my name last time. It was kind of weird.
1: I know. It felt cool though. I felt. I'm, I really felt cool for about five seconds when you called me Mark Pollard. I'm like, oh. Did you God. feel
0: like your flying abilities like really suffered there?
1: No, they went up exponentially. Up exponentially, big time. It really felt me. And then I came back down to earth, and I'm like, uh,
0: it really felt neat.
1: (laughs) People just yelling at me to make their coffee and cream and sugar this. It's it's a tough life, dude.
0: (laughs) Cream and sugar this, foam that.
1: Oh, I love it. I actually got coffee right next to me. I'm drinking a same. um, It's a local roast. Um, It's a it's called Swiss almond mocha. It's a black coffee. Um, I believe it's a Colombian bean, and they use some. They say it's naturally flavored, but I don't buy that crap. But anyway, when they roast really? the bean, they they put some of these uh these chocolatey flavors in it. So I do that with a little milk, and it's like uh it's like little cocoa pebbles. Love it. You know. Like oh, I hamster. like that. Yeah, delicious. Yeah, delish.
0: It sounds super good.
1: What you I'm um,
0: well, not not to I I assure everybody listening as much as maybe people think I am. I am not up my own ass, but. I'm drinking Pollard coffee.
1: <laughs> Are you, if you even say K cup, I will, I will just leave. You'll just, hear no, it. no, no, no. You're, you're going to hear the phone line. <laughs> if you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. Yeah.
0: No, um, no, 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 I do. I, I grind my own, I grind my beans and, and um, pour over. Um, but uh, I'm drinking coffee from a company called Pollard coffee. And a, a friend, um, put me onto them. It was like, Hey dude, you see this place that that makes coffee and wine with your last name? Like you like coffee and wine and you have that same last name. Like you should try it. And I was like, How is it? that, good? it's actually really good. Um, they're in Vashon, Washington and they, uh, they make different wines and stuff. The wines are pretty good. Um, and I really like the coffees. Um, and we actually, for Christmas, we bought like 20, be- like they'll do like custom labels. And so we put our, pollard like my pollard family picture on the the label and then it says like pollard coffee so it's it's kind of funny and we actually ended up talking back and forth with them um just cuz like I'd never see this last name um and it was just kind of funny to get you know get a coffee with our like picture on it but pollard coffee in washington washington shout out to them um I actually really like their coffee like their wine too I've uh, been drinking their coffee for maybe like I don't know 4 months and um I uh, think what I'm drinking today is an Ethiopian blend. It's super good. Oh, nice.
1: Was that like a more of a dark? Yeah,
0: It's actually medium. All their stuff is light, light to medium, um, which uh, I like because it has more caffeine.
1: You know, the trick to uh, pour over coffee, right? Huh? You gotta, you know, you boil the water obviously, but you gotta let the water sit for like a minute. Um, you yeah. Just put it like a timer and then pour it over. Cause you, if you go right from boiling over to the, uh, to the grind um, and you know, in the filter, it will. Um, it kind of. It extracts it too fast, and and you'll get like a really bitter taste. Um, that's so bitter, a- yeah, bitter city. Yeah. Town. So wait, like one or two minutes, and then pour it over. And
0: mm. we have an electronic, um, like a a cuisinart. Uh, what is that? Like I don't know the teapot, right? Oh, nice. Um. So, um, we'll we'll turn that on, and then you can kind of see before the boil. And a lot of times I'll just take it off before it's before it clicks off it because it'll it'll sense a full boil and then it turns off automatically. And I'll just turn it off before it gets to a full boil and pour it, pour the water in that way. That way it doesn't get to a full boil. Yeah. Yeah. so
1: You drink coffee. I don't You anything in it or is it straight up?
0: I put cream in it just uh, because I hate how hot coffee is out of the gate a lot of times.
1: Yeah. I drink, you Um, know, then I got used to it. A while ago, you know, I was drinking just black and, um, you know, and now I kind of, like, I like a little almond milk in it. I'm sure everybody yeah. who's a man is making fun of me because I drink almond milk in my coffee. But No,
0: like, no, dude, I, I, dude I, uh, I'll tell you right now, almond milk lattes are the jam. I yeah. freaking love almond milk lattes.
1: But don't um, I do like, a lot of almond milk too. Yeah. Don't you feel like there's like this thing out there? So any guy who drinks black coffee has to brag about it. Because they'll be like, yes. oh, how do you drink your coffee? I'm like, oh, I put almond milk in it. They're like, <laughs> I drink it black. Like, do you want a fucking it's... award or something? I don't know. I, I just don't like the taste sometimes. Is, it that, is that a problem that I want almond milk in my coffee? And I'm not even I saying I actually right. really like. That's like the other thing. People no. get mad at how you say almond milk. Almond milk, al- almond milk. I don't know.
0: Like... Yeah, I, you're saying it more <laughs> correct than like almond. you know? Like, <laughs> that's kind of weird.
1: Well, it's everybody tells me that. to say almond, but it's there's an L. But they're That's, like, it doesn't it's matter. So You're funny. to pronounce it. But almond milk, I don't know. I, it's funny first you mentioned that. You sound out the letters.
0: Well, so where I'm from, the area that I'm from, um, or that I grew up in, um, as a little kid, uh, were like almond orchards, and everybody said almond. It was like the thing. And I'm so like, nice. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So I don't nice. give a shit that it's normal. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know it's funny you mentioned the black coffee thing too. It's like, um, that's like you know people in beer. You know when they see somebody with a mixed drink, like what are you some kind of bitch drinking mixed? You're drinking a mixed drink. You should be drinking beer. It's a man's drink. I'm like, this mixed drink is four times the alcohol that your beer is.
1: And it's delicious. And it's delicious. Oh my god, people used to. I like a good beer too, And I'm sure you're all out there. You'll probably make fun of me for saying this, but I used to love watermelon margaritas. What's wrong with getting like if I go up to a bar and I'm like, hey, get, imagine me like going up to a, like this, like, you know, half uh, or like a square bar, right? 20 feet, 20 feet, 20 feet, you know, by 20 feet. And there's all these dudes there and they're all drinking beer and I show up and I'm like, hey, I'll have a watermelon margarita, please. Like they would base <laughs> the music would stop. They would look at me, but it's a delicious drink. Like you can't if you put a watermelon margarita in front of somebody and had them drink it like they would love it. They would love it, but they would would deny it, but they would love it.
0: See, that's the thing. Uh, See, you know, maybe it's a, you know, not to get too much into the weeds, but like, you know, people get so wrapped around what looks feminine or girly or, you know, whatnot. Like, uh, we went through this with mojitos. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys had a mojito fad in New York, but like, I remember going, I went to Portugal. Um, this is back in like 2005. I was in Lisbon. And, um, everybody was drinking mojitos over there and it was delicious. It was like, um, gosh, I forgot that rum that like is sold everywhere, but here, but it's like a, uh, like Havana, oh. Havana rum or something like Havana oh, Bay. Or, M- I don't know.
1: Are you talking about Mambo Wama, the Dominican Viagra.
0: No, no, it's, or it's Mama, not like anything that's it's, like, it, it's not illegal. It's just like um, it's made in Cuba. So like um, they just don't sell it here, but you know, so like I got hooked on, Mojitos, and I was like, Oh my god, this is the most incredible drink I've ever had. It's yeah, awesome. You gotta, like,
1: you gotta oh. crush up the leaf and everything. It's like really oh yeah, it's nice. It's like the crush guacamole the... of drinks.
0: It is, <laughs> yeah, you got you gotta muddle it. It like takes time, you know. But um, I remember like some Cuban restaurants open up around here, and then like the club scene, like mojitos were big. But like we would go to this Cuban restaurant and order like pitchers and pitchers and pitchers of watermelon mojitos, oh, and they were delicious. awesome. And I will tell anybody. On the planet that I like watermelon mojitos.
1: Yeah, I can give Um, a shit what people think to be. I mean, I don't, not to be a dick, but like if I like something, like I'm not gonna not say I like it because I think I'm going to be less of a man or something. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. You like it, you like it. I'll tell you what's, what's mind blowing. Have you ever had a watermelon jalapeno margarita or a watermelon jalapeno martini?
1: I was just about to say, I was waiting for you to finish, um, what you were talking about the mojitos, but I was going to say the other drink I like is either like an apple teeny which is like the biggest bitch word in the world, but like,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: right. Or, yeah. um, you know, I'll drink a baby. I don't give a shit. Malibu baby. Fuck it. Fuck it. Dude. I have
0: walked around drinking. I'm not, and I, sh- I'm not kidding you.
1: And I like the I umbrella. Have- I love the fancy umbrella.
0: Okay. See, see, we're basically the same person. I have walked around in a, in a club with a daiquiri with whipped cream on it. Yeah. Why not? Why not?
1: Who doesn't like the Marciano uh, p- cherries?
0: Pina colada with uh, the umbrella oh. on the top. Why not? Mm. All day mm. long, dude. All day long. I go to if I go to the Bahamas or you know one of the you know British islands or somewhere like that. All I'm drinking is pina colada. That's all I'm drinking.
1: Next podcast, I'm going to have a pina colada in your honor, dude. That's awesome. We should both have. You yeah. know what? We should both have like either. The, I don't know if we should have the same or like I'll have a – you tell me what to drink and I'll tell you what to drink. Like obviously Deal. you're going to say mojito. It's going to be a little bit of effort. I don't mind. <laughs> I, I love a challenge. And It's uh, all
0: in the bitters. You got to get the bitters.
1: Oh, my God. That's like you sound like those old-fashioned people. How do you make your old fa- – like it's, just fucking drink, all right? Just just grab your shit and and just drink it, okay? Can we not just drink <laughs> it? Yeah. Oh my
0: God. Yeah. This is what happens when we record earlier in the day. Like for me, it's one 30 for you. It's four 30. And so it's we, already
1: dark by me, so, dude.
0: So crazy. I hate this time of year. And right. so for those listening, um, before we started recording, uh, I was like, Hey, I'm going to get some coffee. And then, um, we jumped on and we were shooting the shit before hitting the record button. But, um, Jeff brought, uh, alerted me to something very shocking, uh, from a Californian's point of view that he has to do. And that's what got us on the subject of coffee. So what, what the hell are you doing tomorrow? And at what time?
1: No, not tomorrow. I'm going out tonight. Well, I think tonight. I
0: mean, technically it's tomorrow.
1: Technically. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Luke Penner could probably relate to this stuff. This, this white fictional uh, moisture that comes from the sky. So right now, stuff weird. It's kind of nice right now. I'm looking out my window right now. So it's snowing. We've got this, storm you know, storm coming in. And I think it's funny too, because I you know, I don't really freak out, but everybody on Long Island freaks out when it snows. And it's a um, big
0: storm that, that you guys are getting, right?
1: Yeah, it's I mean, for us it's big, but you know, people up in Canada or, you know, just higher up um probably laugh their ass off at us because this is like a normal snowstorm for them. <laughs> so but yeah, yeah I'm yeah. uh we're supposed to get like ten inches, twelve inches, so but I usually um go out to the airport, I'll plow. Um, we have a hangar facility out there, so I'll I'll plow that whole thing out. And I love it though, because it's all straight runs. And I'll just I'll get in the truck, I'll blast the country music. I'll put I'll get like a 40, you know, like those 7 Eleven containers where you can get like 60 ounces or 40 <laughs> ounces of <the> coffee. <laughs> right. And yep. uh but I'm such an idiot. I bought a a, a while ago I bought an F 150 um used. It was a good deal. It wasn't not like a super old truck, but I think it's a 2008 right now. I bought it, um, I don't know, maybe six years ago, um, but it's white. So I'm always like, you know, I always try to go out there at like one in the morning or, you know, late uh, because during the day, uh, you can't see it. And, you know, I got the light and all those other BS, but people are idiots. So I'm like constantly in fear of just getting T-boned or, or somebody <laughs> fucking just hitting oh, me. Oh, <laughs> jeez! But it's fun. I love it. I love it. It's mindless work. It's just... It's cool. And then, like, once in a while, you hit, like, a storm drain by accident, and the fucking truck wants to, like, flip over. I mean. <laughs> it's like, douche.
0: <laughs> it's probably kind of nice, too. Like, you know, you get to, like, just, it's just, like, kind of your own thing. You know, like, I like being, um, you know, I kind of like, be, I like doing things like that on my own. Like, it's kind of, like, you know, therapeutic in a way.
1: Yeah, like, I, you know, kind of like uh, when you wax your plane or just something like. Yeah. You know, doing gardening outside or whatever. I'm not afraid to say that either. I do some gardening. Yeah, and yeah, uh, same. So you don't have to really think. Um, and I'm not like one of those plow guys. I know you can't really relate to this, but like, there's plow guys that um, they try. Oh, to I'm get a like, plow guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, they try to get like an inch away from the building and cut away the snow and everything. And I'm just like, ah, I'm not gonna. So I just I stay off the buildings and everything like that. It's fun. It's very low stress yeah yeah but i'm looking forward
0: yeah, to it. And, um
1: first plow you know, something that
0: West Coast is it oh it's the first huh that's pretty late in the year for it i guess
1: yeah well last year we only the got like one? an inch of snow it was weird we didn't get any snow up here well down here long island oh, yeah. whatever we call it. yeah we got like yeah. an inch my uh massage is supposed to get like 18
0: oh my god yeah. i mean that's yeah. debilitating like that's shutting that that's shut shut stuff down i mean like that's
1: yeah that's a lot we're spot. gonna i'm probably gonna. I mean I've a I have a conference call at twelve tonight. Uh we're probably gonna end up closing the stores down uh for tomorrow. Because, I mean to open up and you know, nobody's gonna really come anyway. And I just don't want the employees kind of driving there either, you know, God forbid to get in an accident. Um, yeah. And do you how many stores do you have? Uh three. Yeah, we got three across okay. the island. Yeah, they're cool. But the plowing never really gets done right in the beginning around here uh by the uh, municipalities. So they usually like sometimes they'll just wait for it to like finish and then go the ta- like the uh sorry the state like all the uh, the expressway and um and the parkways they get done really well but like the local yeah. neighborhood stuff cuz a lot of times they'll sub out like local landscaper companies that you know could be the guys first time plowing and it'll just completely fuck it up. Um Yeah. So yeah it's it's interesting it's just typical New York New York. Graphic. Welcome to winter baby. Oh, dude, it's crazy. If it makes crazy. you feel better, it's like,
0: I think it's, it's a blistering 58 degrees here today and partly cloudy.
1: Was that a high or is that now? That's a high for the day. Yeah. I mean, sub is a little, little nippy. You know how it it's. Yeah, no, it's
0: chill. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. And, um, I ran out. So, uh, speaking of like, you know, going to wash your airplane and just like doing solitary things that you can just kind of zone out and relax. Um. Monday, I went out to the airport and just kind of cleaned the airplane up, fucked around in the hangar. And um, I went flying after, of course, because oh, nice. you have to. How can you not? It was a beautiful day. It was like just um, the weekend, both days kind of rained. And, and Sunday really rained. So Monday was not a cloud in the sky. It was absolutely gorgeous. Um, but uh, it was cold, man. It was cold. And like my heater, I ran out of propane in the heater or uh, propane for the heater in the hangar. And so it was. It was a chilly day.
1: Yeah, what'd you end up doing? I think the high was
0: fifty-five.
1: Just fucking around. Uh, the sky.
0: Yeah, just yeah, just farting around. Honestly, just um, you know, it's ama- amazing. This is like I've never experienced this, but um, you know, with me being on leave from Alaska uh, Airlines, uh, I, I haven't flown. You know, there's just something about flying all the time that I I took for granted in terms of just not thinking about what I get rusty on and what I don't get rusty on. And then of course the extra was gone. Um, it's been, it's back now, but it was gone, uh, gosh, April to November. And, you know, I flew a couple of times here and there, but I didn't really think about this. It didn't hit me until after I had ferried the airplane back from Florida. You know, the ferry obviously went fine. It was very safe. And, um, I didn't, I didn't think about anything and I was like, Oh man, this is just like riding a bike. But then when I got the airplane back and flew it, a couple of times solo, i was like there's a lot of areas that is going to take me a while to get back um comfortable with and it was just like weird little things and and things um you know i told you about this like i ended up like every every landing and everything about the ferry was was relatively uneventful good landings uh no real issues uh no real weather to contend with uh he major stuff you know i had some wind and a little bit of rain um that i had to dodge but nothing it was just a um, nothing i could speak of as far as like oh man that was that was sketch you know which is a great thing to say for any ferry let alone a ferry across the country
1: yeah
0: um but then i get back and i start having a rash of like just crappy landings i'm like "What, what am i doing am i setting up wrong you know what what am i forgetting just because i wasn't doing this all the time you know i fly this airplane all the time when it was home and um i don't get those seasonal breaks like you guys have to get um on the east coast like we just can fly pretty much all year as long as it's not raining we're you know you could fly and so um i'm just kind of getting back used to having the airplane in the routine again and so just going up and farting around um like i sent you with some of, like i was like i don't right, go uh I'm going to around with knife edge spins again because uh, I can never get this airplane to really knife edge spin as well as uh, some of the other airplanes. And so I just went out and did that and um, worked on the sweet spot and, and kind of the, the control inputs to get this thing to knife edge fairly well. And um, I think I did find the sweet spot and I could get it pretty consistent to where it'll knife edge spin and, oh, nice. and stay in there, um, which is nice. It's, it's fun because I actually like, I really like doing that maneuver, but Um, it was really hard. Like before, I don't know what, what I was doing, you know, the last time I attempted it, but, um, just is not as, as easy of a maneuver to stay in the knife edge spin as you know, like this airplane tumbles easier than a 300 L, but it doesn't knife edge spin easier than a 300 L. So there's like always those like little eccentricities that, you know, it takes, you just got to go out and just like work on stuff. And, um, in full disclosure, like, you know, I'm not in the, in the competition world where like, I'm. Okay, today I'm going to go work on an individual figure. It's like not very often that I go do that, just because I'm not I'm not working towards something like that. So um, yeah. I need to just be like, I'm going to go work on this one figure and just hammer it out for a half an hour. Um, it's kind of rare, but I really see the benefits of it because I could really dissect what I was doing and um, and work on it, and then be like, okay, I found the formula, you know. So yeah. Anyway, that was what that's basically what I was working on on Monday, and I'm just kind of still continuing to get used to this airplane. Having it back and and flying it in the routine that you know in the in the um I don't know kind of like the ethos of my life if that makes any sense you know where
1: um wait what is ethos mean? <laughs>
0: right This is the massage question.
1: Um, no, but to get back to what like, you were saying with like um the landings and and I think what it comes down to and and I suffer from this sometimes too is once you do something and you start thinking about it um overthinking it then it just yeah. It, it, um, it not highlights it. What do you, what do you, what's the right word here for like blowing it up, making it worse?
0: Oh, it's, yeah, like I, I know exactly what you mean,
1: yeah, I, like and it, I think that's what's it, happening it on
0: a pedestal, you know,
1: yeah. So, like, you know, if you, for argument's sake, if, um, um, what was it? What's the example? I really don't have a great example, but basically like if you go out and you pull vertical and you're working on rotations and they're going really well and you'll practice a couple of them, that will be fine. But if you go out and you've, you know, fuck up a quarter up or something like that, and then you really start analyzing like, oh, did I do this with the pedal? Did I do with this stick? Did, I, did the horizon do this Is the string? And you really start over analyzing it. Then every time you do it, you're going to be so either really tight on the controls or you're going to add inputs that you shouldn't. And it, it's just not natural. Yeah. So sometimes you kind of have to just. Um, land and not and fly another day, or um, just try to try to just let it happen naturally. And um, you know, this yeah. is saying that you when people have have practiced quarters up for this example, if you do quarters up and you've done them a lot, um, they should be natural at this point. But yeah, I yeah. I did the same thing where like you know I don't fly for a while, and um, you know, especially with snaps because I'm really hypercritical on myself with snaps. I I try to. I try not to cheat a lot with, with aileron in the snaps and there is a really um, small sweet spot with the extra when you accelerate it um, with just, the, it's just a tinge of aileron in it. And it really, yeah, uh, too
0: much is too good. much in it.
1: Yeah. And like it will still score and everything like that, but the rotation doesn't feel the same and it's just, I don't know, but um, yeah, I'll start over analyzing it and then it'll, they'll just get progressively worse. And I'll be like, i ah, just do this another day. I'm just, I'm overthinking it. Yeah. And it, you know, the, that's just me though. I can you know, some other people, you know, maybe they're, they're smart enough where they can really analyze it and fix it in a year like that. I'm just, I don't have that, that uh, mentality to do that.
0: I'm sure there are people like that, but um, it's funny. You, you mentioned that exact same thing to me. I was, I was, I think I texted uh our, our like WhatsApp group, you know, I was like, yeah, man, yeah. I've just <laughs> been having like, I've just been having like a rash of, of shit, consistently shitty land. Like not again, not unsafe, not like, you know, go into the weeds or anything like that, but just like,
1: like, you're you know, I got on it. this. You're just doing too much.
0: hundred percent. Like, like why is this harder than it needs to be? And yeah. obviously it's something I'm doing. Um Cause you know, before I would never, you know, we were talking about this with, with pinky uh, on the pits. Uh Oh, that that episode actually hasn't come out yet. That'll come out. um We're recording yeah, yeah. this on Wednesday, the, the Every, 16th. Uh, seven
1: days, right?
0: Yeah. So um, I actually released the last couple on Friday. So I might release this one on Friday too.
1: Oh cool. Yeah, um, Friday's cool. Couple of days
0: driving home um, the which, podcast. Yeah, right? I like it. Yeah, so this will be um Peaky's episode will have been out um maybe a week um once you're hearing this, but uh we talked about the pits, you know, and it's just like it it took me 50 hours in that thing to not think about it, right? And the more I thought about it before that that fifth, like kind of that fifty-hour mark, maybe it was forty, but it was somewhere. It took it took a lot of hours in that airplane before I could fly it without thinking about what I was doing.
1: Now, in, do you think that was the uh, instructor that kind of instilled that whole pits crap about how? Yes. You know, see, like I hate that shit, and it bothers me because whenever I'm not an instructor, um, and I'm not going to talk like I am, but. You know, if I'm in the airplane with somebody who's got a little bit of experience and I'm trying to show them something, and again, I'm not an expert, but you know, when I showed them, it's not, Oh dude, you know, fly it at this number, you know, pitch at this exact angle. It's, it's more feel and it's, it's letting them, mm-hmm. you know, feel the airplane and be like, it's not, a, and giving them confidence, be like, it's not a big deal. It's an airplane The you know, less you do is better. It's fine. I'm here, you know, but you fly with some of these people and they're like, all right, if you do this, you're going to die. Yeah. Right. Then, you know, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but with the... No, but... Especially, everybody's like, if you spin it, you know, there's a chance you they might not recover. Like, what? Everybody who I know yeah. has experience in pits is that are, you know, not... You know, I know, like, Osmeyers is... He, he's an incredible pilot, so you really can't compare him oh, to yeah. the average pits guy. But anybody who's, you know, decently good at the pits will tell you, like, it's not a big deal.
0: It's not. It's you just know? an airplane, you know? And I'm so... It's so funny that you brought... I'm really glad you brought up that part about, like oh, you pitch three degrees and at this speed exactly you do this amount of input exactly. And it'll get you this exactly like that analytical level of flying. Like I've never been that type of pilot. um, I've always been like the, you know, uh, teaching a lot of people like, well, you know, um, what degrees down on the AI and what manifold pressure and prop setting will get you an airspeed for this approach. And I'm like, who cares? Just if you're gonna if you're gonna fly an approach at 120, do what you need to do to the airplane to get it to fly at, at 120. Yeah. Like if because there's gonna be a time where you need to feel this airplane or feel what you're doing or actually aviate, and you're not gonna have that metric of like, well, X power setting and Y pitch setting gets me Z net result.
1: And of it should be whatever fun. you're trying to do. Flying should be fun. Yeah. I mean, obviously, and I that's understand. where it,
0: it takes away. Yeah.
1: It's so annoying but i think there would be a lot more pits pilots if people would just shut the trap about it that you know obviously you know maybe they didn't get the proper training and they think it's it's really that difficult when it shouldn't be you know i I, remember when i was when i was flying the a and like before i flew it um i decided i'm like i'm gonna taxi this airplane around for a couple hours because it should give me the attitude of a three-point landing right so i did that and i remember you know i'll just make a long story really short But basically coming in for the first landing, as long it was set up fine, you know, maybe not perfect, but I think I set it up pretty good in the approach and, you know, you flare and hold it off and, and wait and it will plop on the ground. And if you do a proper three point landing, you know, full stall landing, the airplane shouldn't be able to, to, um, you know, with the positive angle of attack, it shouldn't be able to get off the ground again. So all you have to do is keep it straight at that point. And it's, it's not. I don't say, I want to say it's easy because you can't stick a Cessna driver and be like, go, go solo this S1S. I get that it's 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 a little bit, but if you have some skills in tailwheel or some experience rather in tailwheel and, uh, you know, an instructor is like, hey, listen, just do this. It's going to be fine. Like, you know, saying that you are a decent pilot. Right. And having that confidence, I think there'll be a lot of more, you know, a lot of more. <laughs> that's not a word. A lot, a lot more. Of more. Pit, yeah, there'll be a lot more pitch drivers out there, I think.
0: It's, it's really not a hard airplane to fly. I mean, it's just like any airplane, right? It's, you know, here comes the cliche saying of it's not a hard airplane to fly. It's impossible to master. And I'm using finger quotes. You I know, like you, you always have to like say some.
1: Anybody, you know, what's the J3 Cup saying? It's like, uh, it's easy to fly J3, but hard to fly well. Or yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like that's every airplane, like whatever.
1: Yeah, shut, um, up. shut up.
0: The the pits is one uh, uh, my, my not to get off on a tangent on the pits, but um, it just brought me back to what we were talking about with Pinky is just like, uh, you know, you you see, that's a really easy airplane to see people overthink. One, because it has such a reputation. Like the extra doesn't have that reputation. The pits has that reputation where either it's, it's an extremely hard airplane to fly from an airplane standpoint, or you're going to get into a spin and kill yourself. And neither of those are necessarily true. Um, that pits spin thing Again, not to get off too much into the weeds, is just back before we knew how to recover from spins. You know, these guys were bailing out, doing aerobatics, and watching their biplane recover after they, you know, after the pilot bailed out of it because the pilot was the one mucking up the recovery, right? Um, And so, you know that, uh, you know, getting to a keeping it simple, and I this is what I I've taught a lot of, I've done a lot of pits checkouts, whether it was insurance or uh, flight school um, at the flight school, you know, teaching people how to how to fly it. And then they would go fly it solo. You know, they would, it was a re- like, we had rental, rental pits aircraft that you could go fly solo and, um, keeping it simple and less is more in that airplane. You know, again, that may be a cliche. Cause like, I feel like that is a good, you know, kind of blanket, um, mantra for pretty much any tail, any high performance tail airplane, less is less is more, you know, the more you, you, the more you do that airplane, the more it's going to give you an equal and opposite reaction and probably fight you. And it does. I watch people fight themselves down the runway in a pits all yeah. the time where they're yeah. just there. And they're like, what the hell, what the hell, man? What the hell? And I'm like, well, you see, um, the airplane would have probably just settled down. If you took your feet off the, the rudder pedals. if you would have put your feet on the floor, it probably would have been a better landing than what you just did because you were wrestling yourself down the entire runway over controlling and pilot induced, you know, uh, overcrushing on the rudder and the oscillations, and um, one of the big things in the pits, and then I'll move on. Um, is you know, th- and this is actually in the extra too. Uh, is I'll see people they'll they'll touch down, and then they'll float the stick a, a half inch, and if the airplane is still kind of flying, like it, let's say they touch three point right, um, but it's right at three point. It's not full stall. It's it's you know like for my airplane, I think like 82 knots is the three point attitude. Yeah. Right. And so 60 is like the stall or whatever it is, 58 or something. My airplane tends to stall 60 indicated. So you're talking about 22 knots above the stall speed. So that's, you know, quote unquote flying speed still. Um, but what I'll see sometimes, um, and this is in the L, this is in the mid wing. It doesn't matter. Uh, even in the pits where they'll touch down and then they'll, um, they'll get nervous about, doing something with the stick and they'll move it, not necessarily back. Maybe they'll move it forward or like they, they jostle it, right? There's some sort of, uh, whether they know it or not, they're moving the stick. And every time they do that, when they wiggle the stick back and forth, they're introducing a left and a right turning gyroscopic tendency. Yeah. And so then they fight, they fight themselves down the runway doing that and having no idea what's going on with the airplane. And I'm like, I wish I could, I should film people's stick input, uh, cause I feel like that's one of the biggest over controlling things on, on, especially like wheel landings. Oh my God. You teach wheel landings in a pit and an extra, <laughs> that stick moving at all, you know, it nets a, especially in the extra, it's so long. It nets a, a big movement at the tail. And that, and that big prop out there, um, nets a big gyroscopic result. Uh, the, the wheel uh, landings are really, Tennessee. yeah,
1: the wheel landings are really hard to, to teach somebody who's got a lot of, um, You know, just either only three pointed the airplane their whole life, or just hasn't, you know, or just a cessna driver with like two thousand hours, because they can't get past the mentality of, you know, you can explain to them how, um, you know, you got to have a you know zero or less angle of attack so the wheels stay on, but like just them pushing the stick forward while on the while landing like that, they just you know they're so used to having that flare technique that it's so unnatural to them, and like you know in the beginning when and I'm not. I don't want to talk like I know what I'm talking about, but like a couple of people, I ever taken the cub and stuff, and try to get it, you know. And they ended up doing really well, but you can feel them in the first hour, though, because I'm hour or two because I'm on the stick with them, and they're so tight on the controls, and it's so unnatural, yeah. and their brains tell them to do it, and their body's like, no, nah, I will not. I, I don't. So yeah, you like just, it just you doesn't up. feel right. Yeah, and they just bounce down the runway the whole time, and you could, you know, and they're they're the couple of people that I flew with, you know, really, they're smart, and they're they're very good pilots and you can explain to them why they're bouncing and and they understand lift and all that crap um but just making them do it it's just every cell in their body is telling them no
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so it's interesting it's really interesting
0: yeah and uh, i'm and i'm wondering if i'm hitting a, if i hit a block like that um just like with my landings lately where i'm like uh, i'm overthinking it i'm sure i'm overthinking it i'm sure i'm doing something that i don't notice i'm doing um cuz like i said you know like the pits, um, after about 50 hours, I was like, I didn't even think about, I didn't think about anything in that airplane after mm. that. But, um, before that it was every little, everything I was doing was treacherous almost, you know, it's like, okay, the takeoff, not too bad, right? No big deal. Uh, still, you know, could be squirrely, but, or it's a lot, it's, it's manage it, but it's not that bad. But then like go do acro. And then it's like the whole time I'm doing acro, I'm like,
1: I got to land I got to land. I got to land
0: shit. I'm going to have to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Like legitimately, like I'm going to have to come back and land. Like this is, this is scary. Like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll do one more maneuver, you know? And then like, I'll, I'll be sad and upset until the landing, (laughs) you know? Um, I never really did that with the extra. Um, The extra I, I, I felt was maybe, and then maybe by that time I had way more, time in the pits and well that's the thing it's
1: like it's like a love hate relationship with the pits because everybody knocks it for being so hard to fly but once you quote unquote get it and you're able to do it then you feel like you can fly anything yeah so that's like the positive of it you know in your case it worked out really great but you know some people just get scared right from the start and they these yeah sucks that way but i think it's cool for you you know i mean because it gives you a ton of confidence
0: yeah, and I I love I you know like talking to Aaron McCartan, like he he can verbalize these like really really minute and technical details on a characteristic of an of how an airplane flies like like he can he can break down the the anatomy of a snap and how the panzel does it differently than the extra and why I wish I had that I don't have that but at least um, you know flying these airplanes I can I can may not be able to articulate what's different in a lot of ways, uh, especially down to like really, really technical nitty gritty details. But, um, I can describe characteristic differences in, you know, general characteristic differences in like yeah, these basic air Yeah. Um, and just like feel, and uh, that kind of goes back to like what we were talking about. You know, I really learned feel shout out again to pinky, um, just flying warbirds for the Collins foundation, you know, where it's like, you know, somebody comes in there th- with that airline attitude of like, well, you know, What's the, uh, you know, everybody has these like, oh, what's the, the, the N2 power setting on the jet to get you the, this many feet per minute or whatever. You know, you say that to somebody who flies a B-17 and they're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. It's like, just feel it. You know, um, I, I flew with the guy in the extra and he, um, he, he wanted to training for a CFI endorsement and he was, he's at a major, um, you know, pilot maker cookie cutter flight school, uh, university program. And he's in the front and he's flying and he had some table time, but not much, which, you know, it's fine. But, uh, he kept saying like, Oh man, you know, it's like, I wish, I wish there was a ball, you know? And I'm like, well, can you (laughs) feel, can you feel it? Like how are yod? He's like, yeah. And I was like, well, if you feel it, step on it. And he's like, well, is that better? And I was like, yeah, it is. He's like, Oh, I've like never really just like thought about feeling it. And I'm like, please, for the rest of your flying career, try to feel everything and then just back it up with your instruments. You know, it's like so many people try, like, um, I don't know if you experienced this, but so many people try to stay inside, especially aerobatics. They're like, well, I was looking at my airspeed the whole time. I'm like, why were you looking at your airspeed? We're doing a loop, dude. Like, look at your entry, your, your entry gate. And, and that's it. (laughs) Who cares even what, who cares even what your airspeed is on the exit, you know, but nothing's going to help you, uh, inside the cockpit, uh, after, after your entry, speed and altitude is determined or you know whatever you want to look at before you start the maneuver
1: and but, it's hard yeah, it's there's really there's hard it's really hard to develop feel too especially if you don't um if you go straight into the you know the plastic airplanes like if you don't have any cub or super decathlon or pitts time and you go from like Cessna to 300l or whatever it is so oh. hard to develop feel because even like when I got the SC, um, the 200, you kind of, you were forced to develop feel for, cause you really had to get everything you could out of that wing, but yeah, the SC is so overpowered and, you know, it took me, I don't know. It took me a little bit of time to, to really feel, you know, um, the right G loading for in the pull whatever airspeed I was at just to totally. get the most out of it. And I can't imagine not having, you know, J three cub time and, and, you know, I have a decent, uh, a good amount of time in decathlons. And yeah, you know, without that, there's no way I would be able to, to, um, fly. Um, how do I say this? I sound like a dick. Um, I wouldn't be as good now. I'd be much worse at at that rate.
0: No, I know what you mean. Um, you know, I I talk all this shit about how people fly airplanes like jets, but I do actually make a lot of comparisons, uh, to jets with the extra, um, because you know, in the pits and just like you said, J three, Super D, any like fabric covered airplane or, you know, maybe conventional, conventionally manufactured airplane, like you can really feel everything. Like in the pits, I could feel everything. When I sink, I can feel it. When I, when I, it just doesn't matter what it is. I could feel everything. Whereas in the extra, you know, you can, you can get this real insidious, especially the midwing. The L is not as susceptible to this, but I I really do kind of equate the midwing is almost like a boat. Like there's a step you know, and you can get off the step in a midwing where like, it's like 110 knots where the nose starts coming up to about five degrees and you're holding level altitude at about five degrees, maybe three to five degrees nose high AOA. And like, you're just like, this is, this is kind of weird. You know, this is kind of like almost, it's not the backside quite yet, but it almost is like where you're like this, the airplane is kind of working really hard to maintain lift.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, on the
0: approach, yeah 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 kind of it's just like okay this doesn't really like being here you know 120 is what i teach in the, as a minimum in the pattern and i feel like that's a good minimum um but like yeah so somebody accidentally gets slow to like 110 or 100 which is not dangerous at all don't get me wrong but you won't notice like you'll if if somebody is not noticing airspeed you can't feel the drop in airspeed and so what people tend to do is hold the horizon the nose on the horizon um based on like you know 120 or whatever their you know cruise um airspeed is but they'll be sinking at 500 feet per minute and they I won't know. notice it you can't exactly. you can't you can't really feel it it's really insidious i've had some real scary um short finals in the midwing um having people land it because they don't feel it they don't notice it and then i'm like i'm going to watch this um, but it's going to be, I'm ready to go full smash. I call it the smash and grab. I've done it twice where I've gone full throttle and full back on the stick with my, uh, saying my controls. Cause I'm like, we're dropping at a thousand feet per minute. This person cannot feel it.
1: Yeah. You know, cause they can, they can and barely they see and they have no feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those things where, yeah, you, you really realize, okay, the, this, this composite airplane kind of behaves differently and, and you get less feel. Um, but you have, you saw, you know, like the pits really helped with the visual, right? Cause the, the visually, the approaches are extremely similar between a pits and an extra, um, in terms of like, you know, the sink rate, right? You're like normal sink rate for a normal approach. And these airplanes are very similar. Um, if you, you can treat them very similar, I guess is, is what I should say is, right. you know, um, the sight picture is going to be a little bit different and the speeds are like a little off, but not much, you know, 90 knots versus hundred miles an hour, uh, for the S2C, Right, um, You know, very close. Um, so speed and sight picture and that, that kind of um, the, what do you call it? The, the pacing is similar. Uh, but you just do, you, if you don't have the, if you're used to the feel or you're getting used to this airplane, it is, it's a bear um, because if you're waiting for that feel or you're, you're you know, you're like, okay, I'm, I don't feel like I'm sinking hmm. and you don't, you're not really paying attention. Yeah. You're, you might be sinking quite a bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> No, and it's, it's, I mean, for somebody who's just joyriding it, you know, this is completely irrelevant talk, but you know, when you start competing and you go to a contest and you're not used to flying, say at like a 4,000 or 5,000 foot elevation. And for some reason that day it's 90 plus now, all of a sudden, you know, it's, you're going to be, you know, you're going to, you're going to go to pull like you normally do. Cause you say you're a program pilot and every time you pull the same way. And you're going to pull on the wings, just going kind to of buff it on you. And you're going to be like, what, what happened? I
0: don't know. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. Well.
0: Here, here's a crazy thing. So, um, the same, the same student, uh, that I'm giving the, uh, the, the CFI spin endorsement to, you know, typically when I run through a spin, uh, you know, spin recovery lesson that I teach, I'll, I'll run through first, I'll stall the airplane, you know, and I kind of just run through like this, this. This back to back to back stall series where just to show them um uh, how benign the stall is in the extra if it's just a power off you know plain vanilla stall it's very simple very gentle
1: yeah, and then
0: um I'll do a slipping and a skidding s- turning stall so they can see which wing stalls first and and that kind of thing and then i'll uh, um I'll go to the incipient stage of the spin, so like you know I'll go a half turn and let go of the controls just say okay, there's the incipient this stage of the spin. Airplane is just going to fly out. The weirdest thing happened is the first time this has ever happened, and I, I'm equating it to it being so cold and the air being so thick. Um, maybe it's maybe it's not, and maybe this would be the opposite effect. I don't know, but it reminded me of when you said, you know, you know, high, hot, and heavy, right? Or high and hot of just how de- um, degraded your performance is. Right. But uh, this time of year, obviously, the performance is amazing. But I, so I, I, um, I'm about to do the incipient stage where I just do like a half turn and let go. I get in. I I just start the spin. I let go and the freaking thing stayed in the spin. I had never seen it is never. The extra has never done that to me in the years I've been teaching and has never, ever stayed in the spin a half turn in.
1: That's a little funky. Yeah,
0: it it was really funky. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to show you the incipient stage, but here I'm going to show you that it's auto rotated and I'm off the control. So I started tapping, the, uh, the control panel, you know, he's in the front. So this, it was behind his head. I was like, can you hear me tap? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I'm not on the controls. This airplane's <laughs> auto rotating. Um, so, you know, he just got the demonstration of, you know, okay, here's auto rotation. Cause that's like the next thing, right? You know, I show an incipient stage spin of how you can let go and it'll recover cause it's not auto rotating. And then the next is let's get it fully auto rotated. And sometimes the extra, I, sometimes there's times I, you go five, six turns and it, you let go of the controls and it flies out. It's just for, you know, whatever reason this it's a harder airplane to get it to stay in the spin uh w- while letting go of the controls but um that was a weird one man and I, the only thing i could think of was like it's so cold it air is so thick that maybe it was just like okay i'm gonna fully develop after a half turn
1: <laughs> yeah it could but, just be um, you know, maybe anyway. there's some wing, in it. maybe there's some fuel only on one side of the wing could be you know the, the weight and balance yeah who the hell knows
0: weight and balance for sure oh yeah for sure who knows for sure who knows who knows what magic do do stuff talk? man
1: what do we have uh listed for the topic for tonight i don't even have my notes in front of
0: we me. have we have um something that you know as a small business owner you're you're used to this and that's uh no shoes no shirt no service
1: <laughs> <We're> talk about <laughs> shoes oh i love shoes i have uh well if we've said it before we you and i are like big shoe whores or something
0: yeah and it's not like we're not like I mean maybe maybe you are I'm not I'm not I'm not a sneakerhead. So when we say we're like shoe whores, uh this is in regard to picking the right shoes, right shoes for shoe. flying.
1: <laughs> yeah, know. so what's um I mean, maybe when, how should we go about this? Um, so what do you use? Well, I have a story right now. Oh, you have a story. I have a story.
0: Oh, so course. this is um nobody ever there's things that, you know, depending on who trains you to fly aerobatics, um you may not get you may get a, a very rudimentary parachute briefing, right? Everybody's got their own kind of like how they brief safety and parachutes. You may get um, a difference in how to strap in, like how and we're gonna. I want to do a podcast on that too, because like I, I'm sure I could learn a thing or three on how to strap in and and how how you strap yourself in this airplane properly and safely to do the I things think that the, we. The only way to do. do
1: that is to have video with that one. We're gonna have to do a video because. So That'd be so fun. Yeah, it's it's you know, you can explain it, but there's such little nuances with with a couple of things that I've I've learned and developed through the years that really, really help. And it, I don't know if I can ex- it'd be really hard for me to explain. So we should definitely do a uh you know, AJ is coming back to New York um next week. Um he went back to Cali for a week and I was coming back. So maybe he can uh he'll come out to my hangar, he'll video or I'll video him and we can have you you know, obviously on audio or whatever and do it that way. That'd because, be fun, dude. Yeah. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We could definitely learn some stuff from that. Cause you know, like I said, you know, depending on who, who you kind of learn from, you, you'll get these tidbits or you won't and you'll have to learn them later on. And for me, it was shoes. Nobody ever talked to me about shoes. And so for like the longest time, dude, um, I'm flying with like, you know, like Nike basketball shoes or like Kate, like thick ass K Swiss or the and weird shoes. And
1: Jordan's the black shiny. Leather. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm showing up with like, you know, like, yeah, like these like cr- crazy, like thick, hardcore, you know, shoes. And, um, and you
1: have the Nike's that you pumped up before you went flying. Oh, I got a pump box. Dude, how bad would that be? you're at a contest and you're about to get in a plane and you see a guy pumping up.
0: <laughs> Dude, you, you know, he's about to just, murder it up there too Dude.
1: remember they used to have like the basketball thing on the lip on the shoe lip
0: yeah yeah no it was the, the reebok pumps baby i had Dude. a pair of those i gotta bring those reebok back. pumps
1: they what were they, awesome what did they do though they just what did they just inflate to make the shoe tighter around like, uh, something like that
0: yeah it would go around your heel it was like the like the back heel area and like the side of the shoe would inflate and it would just like yeah just make I'm, it tighter
1: but i'm talking more like circa the late 80s what shoe are you talking about yeah, that's the Reebok pumps, dude. Yeah.
0: Look, look, up, look up old school Reebok pumps. All right. I'm going to um, get a pair. They're white. They had a basketball. They had, It was literally like the pump that you pumped up the shoe with was the, was a basketball on the tongue.
1: Yeah. I know exactly. What, yeah, it was orange, right? Typical color. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tell you a so, story. So, I look at Reebok pumps.
0: I, you know, I'm flying with these like dumbass shoes for like years, right? And it didn't hit me until. This is honestly fairly recently, maybe. Well, that's actually probably like four or five years ago. I got in- probably- to
1: interrupt you. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is. uh yeah. one of the producers is like waving me down. Um, yeah, you know, from the uh the audio room here, and yeah, yeah. he just sent me. Mitch, our producer, just sent me. <laughs> Shut uh, to Mitch. Reebok pumps. They're four hundred and eighty dollars. <laughs> Dude, what? The black Reebok pumps from. Stock X. I don't know. I just Google pump basketball shoe and hit the shopping button on Google, and they're four hundred eighty. Another pair is three twenty nine. What the fuck? Wow, seven seventy nine. All right. Anyway, sorry. Oh
0: yeah, you look at the old those. Old, yep, those are them, dude. With the orange, like, yep. Yeah, um. Oh, that's crazy. I'm gonna have to buy some of those to try to fly in them again. But like, um, my shoes that I was flying with were like worse than that, and um. Jeff, uh, Jeff Lowe asked me to go fly or he's like, Hey man, come fly my S one. And it's a, it's a, you know, short fuse S one. It's a really, really squirrely airplane. Um, even in comparison to other pits. And so, you know, it's single seat. So, I'm, you know, I'm flying it, his airplane solo. Cause that's all you can do. Um, but I, I went to go do some pattern work in it and my, my lanes were just, I was all over the place. It was terrifying. I'm wrestling shit. this airplane back and forth, total dog shit. And, um, I kept like hitting the brakes and I, like, I couldn't get my feet away from the brake pedals and it didn't hit me until, so I, 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 the reason why I remember this flight so much is I come back and like, I like flat spotted the tires. <laughs> it was, it was that bad. No, no. I made the tires like bald. Like it was bad. I did like an hour and a half of pattern <laughs> work and I just tracked <laughs> trash his tire. Um, I literally like went onto aircraft spruce. I was like, man, what, 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 kind of tires are these? I bought them new tires. I felt yeah. so bad. Um, but I didn't realize, you know, until somebody was like, what shoes are you wearing? And I was like, uh, like these like whatever's and they're like, aren't those like, aren't those like basketball shoes? I'm like, yeah, what's the big deal? He's like, look at the side, look at the sole on those things. And
1: I imagine you you this and like, he's like, Mark, what shoes do you wear? And you're at that moment, you're like bent over letting the air out of them. You're deflated. <laughs> you just hear? Why? Is there a problem? <laughs>
0: Why? Wow, what's up? They're cool, aren't they? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I never thought about shoes until the, really that moment. And then somebody's like, dude, you can't wear shoes like that. Like, how do you even feel the rudder pedals that way? First of all, but second of all, like the soles are so wide, you know, with these narrow, you know, it, like the extra is pretty sensitive on the, on the brakes. As far as it's hard to not be on the brakes on takeoff. Uh, if you're, if you're on the rudder pedals, it's just the way they are, uh, right. at least in the two seat, um, extras. But yeah, this airplane was the same way, man. Uh, after that, it was on like an epic quest to, to find the right pair of shoes.
1: Yeah. Um, I you have a story like that? that. Like, or did you just, so like, I kind of, I was lucky enough. I kind of grew up as an airport rat as a kid. Um, and my father, he had a suit at that time. It was a uh, 29. And he was wearing um the no big re- deal. <laughs> it was a little twenty nine, there's no big deal. <laughs> he was uh you know the reebok classics? Mm-hmm. So he used to wear those a lot because they were narrow and I don't know, he liked them and everything like that. Um, and that's kinda I n- I just never really liked that shoe even growing up and everything. But one time, you know, before I kind of um well actually, so I never really had an issue with shoes because from there I knew I had to get narrow and something that was You know, that, that slid on the tray. Well, so, um, before I get into what I liked, what I don't like is, um, if you're familiar with the Nikes, um, the back heel of it, you'll notice there's like a groove cut in a lot of them, you know, there's like slits and everything. So I, I, um, I don't know what it was. I couldn't find the shoes. they weren't at the airport or something like that, and I wanted to go flying, so I just wore the Nikes no big deal and I don't like wearing the Nikes because the the heel is very grippy on the uh the trade yeah. but I'm like, oh, whatever, it's no big deal i' it's not kind of really it's it's just it sucks when you land so you have to kind of be aware of it but I was landing and if you're familiar with the the uh, rudder pedal trays I guess you call them. They have like a a 90 degree bend on each side that it's like 3 eighths of an inch up. And when yep. I was landing my heel went down and the that little like 3 eighths inch, you know, bend, that that piece of metal went in between the groove of the Nike the heel part of it. Yep. And I went to go like move my foot a little bit, you know, as you, to work the pedals and it was just like stuck. And um you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a crazy windy day and you're, I wasn't, you know, wrestling it at that point and you know, The extras you really don't have to do too much, but I remember being like, ah, that, that was kind of fucked up a little bit. So, um, yeah, I just never wore Nikes again, but you know, for the most part, um, the only shoes I've worn have been shoes that don't have a um, the heel isn't cornered, you know, it's not like a it's not a sharp or you know, what I'm trying to say like it's not, it's a it's more of like a curved heel so that this way they slide uh-huh. better and my yeah. fa- you know my favorite shoe to this point they don't make it anymore um it was a uh, i was in Marshalls. i was in like high school or something like that and i remember seeing these pumas and they were like pumas and they had like a they were the Kimi riken and then pumas are white with like a blue thing and it had like a J, you know ferrari uh, emblem and i'm like oh yeah. these are cool and they were on sale for like 39 bucks i'm like fuck yeah so i grabbed them and that shoe was great because the heel really flexed well they were super light and the, i mean yeah the mid the mid part of the uh, shoe bent and flexed really well. And the heel had this curved part to it and it slid on the tray like butter. It was incredible. And then, you know, eventually the shoe uh, just wore out. I still have it. And uh, it's like basically like falling apart. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm like at, at a certain point, I'm like, I got to get a new shoe. Because I was showing up at the contest and like my toe was like hanging out. This, you know, my pinky toe was hanging out a little bit. Oh, jeez, jeez, like, oh, this is kind of fucked up. But they were so comfortable and it worked so well. So, from there, they didn't make the shoe anymore. I like looked everywhere, even Wuhan. I went to Wuhan, got the virus. They didn't have it there. <laughs> um, so I'm like, oh, I got to get a shoe. So I bought what I thought was the uh, similar Puma. And that didn't work. Um, for some reason, the rubber on that shoe was just it didn't slide well. And then I, um, after that, I bought um, maybe a couple others. And then I went to the lift shoe. And I was really psyched about it. Um, and lift aviation. I think they're awesome, awesome company. The shoe didn't work out for me though, but um I could see how people like it. The, the problem, I, I what have didn't wired. you like about it? So two there's two things I didn't like about it. Um I love so they really preach about this these slides on the heel, you know, that those like uh yeah. so I was really excited about that. It it makes perfect sense. It's what I wanted, you know, with you know, when you're flying to SC and everything, just have your heel slide on that. And the first flight was great. The second flight was great. And then I went to go put the shoe on whatever day next I was flying. And the, the sliding portion of it, you know, it starts – the plastic already started breaking down, you know, from – Oh, from really? the Yeah, I'll send you a pic. So I'm like, ah, oh, that kind of sucks. And it wasn't a deal breaker for me. The only the deal breaker – and I ordered the wide for the lift aviation shoe. And don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not knocking the company. It just didn't work out for me. I think that – um I recommended it to a half a dozen people already and they, they seem to like it. And I would highly recommend if you don't have a, a wide foot, like I do, you should definitely get the shoe, but there's a portion on the, the shoe where it's got like that plastic on the outside that kind of rises up. Yeah. And that was just irritating the shit out of me. And I really tried to make it yeah, work. Out. It's, it's, on your, like
0: your, it's like on your pinky toe, yeah. uh, like the like outside, just behind the, like the wide part of your, Outside foot, right?
1: Yeah, and I was really just to show you that I'm not bullshitting. I really did like the shoe. I, you know, I kept on using it. I'm like, oh, maybe it's got to break in a little bit. That didn't work, and then I'm like, oh, let me. J-. And I don't lace up, you know, super tight. Um, I go, but I even went like even less. I like loosened the laces like really a lot to try to give the shoe, and it just it kept on irritating the shit out of my my foot. So I gave that up. And um, right now I'm using a uh, a wrestling shoe, an Adidas wrestling shoe. I'm really really happy with it. Really super okay. Happy. So um, so so yes. What I would I, you
0: say? Like you know, like when you're when you're looking for a shoe, um, obviously like the fit of the shoe, um, notwithstanding, right? Because you got to have a shoe that fits. But like as far as attributes of like what what do you want? What do you want to be able to do in the airplane? Like as far as you obviously want to be able to feel the rudder pedals. You want to have some flex, and you want to be able to slide. Right? Is there anything anything else that like you? are specific looking specifically looking for a shoe. Like, I mean, does weight concern you whether it's lace up or slip on anything like that?
1: Yeah, those are all exactly. So to me, um, I don't think weights necessarily a deal breaker. I think it's more a psychological aspect of it, but I, for me, I like having a light shoe. I don't think it really makes a difference to be honest because even under G, I mean, are you going to really notice six ounces or eight ounces? Um, So I like weight, even though I don't think it means that much. The heel is really is everything to me. It's the heel has to slide. Um, for me, I don't, you know, especially if it's just, it's just how I fly and how my feet are on the pedals. I mean, if you're in a Sukhoi or a cap where your, your heels are off of that tray automatically and strapped in, it makes no difference. Um, but yeah, it has to do that. I have a high arch on my foot, so I have to fly with. You know, I'll get like a insert or something like that. So I'll make sure that the That's shoe is right. really, really comfortable. Um, so comfort is a, a major thing. Like I was just saying, um, it's got to be, it can't be a narrow shoe. I can fit in a regular shoe. I don't want you to think that I got like a pumpkin size fucking foot, but like, you know, it just takes me maybe a half a dozen, you know, times using the shoe to break it in a little bit more and, and have it, um, you know, widen out a little bit. So there's that, and then the sole. I like the. It's got to have a thin, thin sole. Um, I think that's the right term. So yeah. you know, the connection from your foot to the sole to the pedal. So like the Reeboks that we were talking about, those classics have like a half inch sole, I think, or a quarter. It, it just it feels really thick. And the same thing with like a running shoe, it feels very thick, and I'm just not a fan of it. Um, um, and then recently, you know, with this wrestling shoe, which was really cool, is I never had ankle support, so I've always flown with like excuse me, you know, low ankle shoe, cut off, whatever. And yeah. it's uh this wrestling shoe. It's nice. It's kind of like a high ankle. It's a typical wrestling shoe. And, you know, you lace up and then it's got this Velcro strap that goes across the top. It's not big. It's just small. You can Google it. It's a black Adidas with the three stripes. And uh, it's like a tan sole. They're not expensive. I think it was like 80 bucks or 70 bucks. And so it's got so that it's like a high top. top. Yeah, exactly. So and then it's got this Velcro strap. So that your laces, um, you know, stay put throughout the whole flight. And it made oh, a difference. Nice. I wouldn't say it made a huge difference. I think like it might, it made a microscopic difference, whatever you want to call it in um, just having, you know, control or just better feel on the pedals and everything. Cause you're more stabilized on your ankle. Um, yeah. For me, I mean, I'm being like super hypercritical right now. Um, but you know, I like it. And like I said, you know, it's, I don't, tie my shoes so hard that they're cutting off the circulation. I know some people like you got to tie like, you know, for the, the motion for the pedals is forward and back. Not, it shouldn't be so much side to side where you're rolling your ankle. I think there's something really fucked up going on. If you end up, you know, rolling an ankle or spraining an ankle. Um, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. But you know, I, I just leave them snug and I'm, I'm really happy with the wrestling shoe. Um, I'm, I really did like that, you know, Puma shoe. um, and it sucks that they don't make it anymore because it was just, dude, it was just such an awesome, awesome. It just was so comfortable for it just fit me right. It was just like one of those things that fit me right. Um, and since, you know, this is pretty recently, maybe because uh, I flew to lift at nationals. I was flying to lift shoes at nationals. Um, so maybe like uh eight months ago, I just started with this wrestling shoe. And I'm I'm happy I I'm it's my second like best shoe that I've flown with. Um okay but you know I would recommend it to you have you ever flown to a wrestling show no Um you should try it I think you like think it. I've tried that I mean it's okay. one of those things where like you know when when I first started going to contests I'd show up and I've seen people use them but I remember you know when I uh went to whatever first contest and you see people you know lacing up with like a wrestling shoe, and you're like oh wow that guy's fucking serious so like you know <laughs> I think that some people that won't get it because they don't want to be the guy walking around a ramp in a wrestling shoe. And I get it, it. If you feel awkward or whatever, but you know, I'm past the point of caring what other people think. So um, if you can just get over um, not feeling like an idiot, cause you got a wrestling shoe on <laughs> and flying everywhere, yeah. um, you, you'd really like it. You just gotta, it, it is what it is. I mean, you look a little, yeah, you know, even I feel like I look a little idiotic or whatever, but um, it really works really well in the airplane and I go a size smaller, um, on my shoe this way. Cause I'm not wearing them the whole time. And you know, it's, uh, this way that toe port portion isn't, you know, grabbing the pedal. Um, sure. And stuff like that. But, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Adidas, uh, Adidas wrestling shoe. I wear a, uh, I got my, uh, spandex, uh, wrestling, uh, suit. <laughs> what do you, what, what do you call that thing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, uh, gosh and what do you call that?
1: I don't know, but you know it's funny if you take the you know the lift the uh, aviation helmet the aerobatic uh cloth thing that's not a cloth helmet it's like the straps to let your uh head yeah. so that kind of looks like a uh like, like head, yeah like headgear from wrestling <laughs> so yeah <laughs> get out of the uh get out of the airplane with the lift uh headset your wrestling shoes and just tight bike shorts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Greco Roman Petroselli, dude. Oh, dude! I got like oh, ca- yeah. I got a
1: cauliflower ear going on. <laughs> Wrestling with the airplane mouthguard. guard. Yeah. Got a mouthguard. Oh my god! Can you imagine? I can see. Like, I bet you some people. I mean, I would never. I would keep it, you know, hidden. But imagine if some people, when they fly, they under G, they they clench, you know, and they grind their teeth. Sure. And oh yeah. I, I bet you that there's one per at least one person around the world that flies aerobatics with a mouthpiece. And I'm not bashing it. You get you do what you do. But um, Oh, I
0: bet I bet there is. Okay.
1: Honestly. I bet you the one fifty two guy would be wouldn't wear a mouthpiece. He would just go no. raw, dog, raw dog it. Raw dog it, dude. <laughs> no, no, oh, actually yeah. the one fifty two guy would wear the mouthpiece, but he'd wear the one. Remember back in like high school or whatever, and the mouthpieces they would come where it connects to the face mask. Yes. So like he would like a football, like a football one. And he wouldn't cut off that long piece. You know, he had nothing to connect it to. But that thing would just be like hanging like a like a salamander's tail. Like out of his mouth. Well
0: maybe maybe it's connected. Maybe like, you know, put a strap onto the roof so like it's always there for him. He could just pop it in. It's yeah, connected to the stroller harness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So where are you at? What are you wearing right? Like what what are you wearing right now? I almost just said.
0: I'm wearing a nice uh,
1: turtleneck and um, my, no. Uh, Which shoe are you vouchers. using right
0: now? <laughs> so um, so I I I went down. I definitely went um went through a similar path, and I remember somebody um along the way recommended slip on shoes. Um, uh, you know, like no lace. You know, like a like a Vans type, right?
1: Oh, I was picturing um, you wear like the water shoes that like. How weird is that? Those water, <laughs> water socks. No, even worse. <laughs> you know the water shoes that like the toes go into, also fucking wackos. Oh,
0: like it looks webbed. Like, like yeah, like you can see your toes through the shoe.
1: Like, just buy like, a like normal they're... water shoe if you're going to wear one. Why do you got to go like to that level of of getting the ones that are on toes? It's just,
0: just somebody like decided that, you know, selling those things for 200 bucks and saying that it's new and innovative was cool.
1: Like, what? It's just more work. I don't like get those. Can you imagine how hard it is to get each get like your toes? I have a hard enough time getting my hands into gloves. Imagine getting your feet into those fucking things. I know. Oh.
0: No, I have no desire. Have no yeah. desire. Sorry. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't wear those, unfortunately. But um, yeah, somebody along the way was like, dude, you should you should really, you know, fly with something that doesn't like so my my problem, um, I didn't know that this was one of my problems, and I have I still have many. Um, but like wide sold shoes. I don't have wide feet, but just like, again, those like basketball shoes where you have a sole that like is, it is elongates, you know, a half an inch on either side of, of your foot. Right. Uh, so you can be better planted for playing basketball, I guess, or whatever. And I never played basketball. So it was even more of a stupid shoe to wear, but um, somebody recommended slip ons. Cause they're, it's a really thin, you know, the, the sole follows the profile of your foot. I was like, okay, and so I started kind of messing around with like thinner style shoes like that. Like um, I do really like like the Pumas. Um, I really like the Like just those old like standard Adidas, you know, like that. What do they used to call those? Like the uh, shell toad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't really like the heel on them, but um, I like the profile. So that kind of shoe I really like the profile of. Um, and eventually um, I did. I did do van slip ons and, and still would do van slip-ons they're fine they they don't really slide on the tray a whole lot they, they're okay um but they they don't glide easily uh i guess i'll say yeah, um but just, that i wore those for heel. a long time and, what's that
1: no it's not a rounded heel that's why that's what i was saying before
0: <laughs> yeah 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 and i know what you're talking about with those shoes like um it's a very that's a very specific heel type and it's kind of you know not every shoemaker has that like you know um that type of heel heels are, are really like, you know, nobody talks about the heel shape of a shoe until you're flying aerobatics. And that's, it's like, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, but I do like, uh, I, I like Vans I'm wearing like literally right now I am wearing like Tom's, uh, slip-ons, which are like, uh, they look just like Vans. Oh um, and I've yeah. flown with these like what,
1: California. I can't even take it.
0: Right. With my Capri, my Capri uh, pants on. Just kidding. Oh my God. Um, But uh you know, when I
1: ready to go to like ready to go to like a Zumba class or some bullshit. I'm
0: gonna go get some tacos in LA. Yeah. (laughs) Um so when I first um when I started getting involved with Lyft, um I I think he reached out to me about uh doing a review on the helmet, and I was like, sure. Or maybe it was maybe it was his shoes, one or the other, but I was like, hey, if you want to send me shoes and a helmet, um, you know, I'll make a video review on it and I'll review it and you know, I'll test it out. And he's like, sure. And so they're like, hey, pick a shoe and what color helmet do you want? So that's how I, I started getting involved with Lyft. And um, you know, Todd and Jackson and the guys over there have been super nice to send me stuff every now and again. But I actually bought so well, I'll, I'll rewind before I fast forward. Um, they <laughs> sent me a pair of the Talon, um, like gray Talon. I was like, What's what's your popular, you know, aerobatic shoe so I can review it? And they're cool. And they it's sent me the to talent.
1: The the insert has a it's a runway on the inside of the shoe. It's fuck. It's they make good stuff. I'm, yeah, such a cool company. I, I
0: like. I, I you know you know how I feel about the helmets. Um, I, I love my helmet, and I love the shoes. Um, I I'm kind of with you. I have kind of a wider foot, and these are narrow shoes. Um, I ordered the narrow, or, you know, regular size. Um, and they're narrow for sure. I I feel it. And um, they, they're not uncomfortable for me, but again, then again, I don't wear them all day. Um, typically I have before, like if I'm having, you know, two, three, four flights a day. Um, you know, I try to remember to put them on. Sometimes I forget to even wear them and I just end up wearing whatever I'm wearing to fly. Yeah. But I, I kind of wear all the shoes in my, in my, aside from like my echo, like nice dress shoes, um, all the shoes that I kind of wear casually, uh, are like, would be good for flying. So like, again, the Tom slip ons van slip ons, uh, Puma's lace-ups that um, have the gum sole that slide pretty well. All those kind of shoes, like, they work pretty well. Um, But, you know, I tried the Talon uh, shoes from Lyft, and I was blown away at the ability to move my heel on the tray. Like, it almost felt like your feet were connected to ball bearings. Like, they move that well. And it's funny because it it depends on how you articulate your feet. This sounds really stupid, but, like, how you articulate your feet with the rudder pedals, meaning, do you are you that person, like, you know, you know, you mentioned the Sukhoi, like you're not, you're not just pivoting your foot to move the rudder pedals. You're moving your entire leg to move the rudder pedal. You know what I mean? Like, like you're not just tilting your foot, right? You you know, you're, you're, you got to really move those rudder pedals. Um, you know, so when you, when you're moving off, granted, you're not on a tray in the Sukhoi, right? Your feet are up. Yep. Um, but like, You know, like in the pits, or especially the extra. Like, how often are you like, like really doing these huge movements? So you can get away, depending on the on what you're doing. Um, you can get away with,
1: you know. But this is like the takeoff planet. Yeah, anytime you go to snap, hammer, spin, you know. Yeah,
0: you're, you're you're sliding. Yeah. Um, so you know, if, if you're somebody that really does like to move back and forth on that tray, like I think you'd, you'd be really benefited by something like the lift shoe or, or it's just something that has a keel that slides. Yeah. Uh, but I was really, um, it, it, it kind of, um, was, that was like the first shoe I, when I wore it, I, it really opened my eyes to like being able to move your feet. Not, not that I obviously, you know, you're a tailwheel pilot or all tailwheel pilots, but like, um, where like I can move, I can articulate my entire foot, with my leg instead of pivoting my foot and like tilting, you know, like tilting the foot forward to um, put rudder input in. Right. Um, I don't know. There was something about re almost relearning or like readjusting to that style of inputting rudder all the time that I really liked. It made me really conscious of, of rudder input and not over controlling. Um, and, and it wasn't even like for aerobatics, was, like even just like the taxiing it and take off and landing like, Oh man, this is like, you almost feel more connected because you, instead of having your, your heel stick and your toes move your whole foot can move with the pedal. And I don't know, I, for some reason there was like some level of articulation there that I really liked.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, the, the engineering of the shoe is great. I mean, I really, I, they're a great company. I mean, they, there can't be, I mean, how many shoes are they really selling compared to what they're really in business for? So I, you can really appreciate what they're trying to do for the aviation market. And, um, yeah you know, I think, for, yeah, I hope they don't go away. Yeah. I think that for somebody, you know, for somebody like me, um, you know, I, I'm really starting, you know, in the spring I'm going to be training hard and, and I've trained hard my whole life and taken it to, uh, you know, really seriously, but for somebody who not to say they're not going to do it seriously, but for somebody who's, you know, the one or two competition local guy and likes to go have fun and, and isn't into, you know, doesn't need the wrestling shoe per se. Um, I think it's the next best thing that I would go with if it was me but I I think it's I it's definitely the I think it's the number one choice for the for the normal competition guy who's not going to nationals and you know flies once once a week once you know or whatever um I would I would put that up front above a Puma above a a running shoe above above the uh, Reebok classic yeah
0: yeah yeah, I um, I uh, actually just bought um, you know, I'm sure if I asked Lyft they would send it to me, but I ended up just buying out of pocket because, you know, they're always they're so generous already that I'm like, oh, I'll just buy it. Yeah, you don't um, want But that. I bought the new. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just released um a new shoe called the Ultranit Black, and it's like a kind of a mesh, um, you know, all black mesh. It's same heel technology and all that stuff, but um, on their website, I, I actually flew. It, it is, yeah, yeah. What's it called? Um, and it's a good looking shoe. Ultra knit.
1: Oh, cool. I'll check it out.
0: Yeah. It's a nice looking shoe and um, you know, uh, it's comfortable and I, you know, I, I dig the shoe. I really do. I dig, I dig the ecosystem of, of the shoe. Meaning like I, I really, I super appreciate the fact that they developed it. I su- I'm super appreciative of the fact that they sell it. I hope they don't stop selling them. Um, I think they're, a great shoe and a lot of um, for a lot of things, not just aerobatics, but um, just in general, they're a good shoe. Yeah. Um, as long as they fit you, obviously, and they have to fit your style and um, you know, you you know, people may, may like them or not. Um, I, I like them. So, you know, it's funny when I remember to wear them, I'm always glad that I remember to wear them. But the problem is, is I don't always remember to wear them. So I should keep, what I should do is keep them at the hanger. I shouldn't keep them at my house. In fact, maybe that's what I'm gonna do. Maybe I'll maybe tomorrow I'll, I'll just yeah. drive them to the hangar and
1: get a nice put little in like there uh, cabinet or something and put everything you need, you know?
0: Yeah, 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 because they're they're not cheap. I mean, they're, I don't know, like, I mean, they're not insane. Well, they're okay, they're like 140 bucks. It's a specialty shoe, right?
1: But they're really, uh, so they're, they, I mean, my I still have mine, and you know, outside that thing, which with the 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 things breaking down, the slides breaking down a little bit, the rest of the shoe is great. Like the glue is not coming apart. The fabric's not tearing. It's, it's worth the money. Don't you, you get what you pay for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I like them. I'd recommend them. And I I think they're, they're well worth the money in the sense of, um, you know, especially if you're not going to wear them every day, you know, they're not really, I mean, they're, you can certainly can. And a lot of people do. I think one of the guys on the aerobatic pilots page was like, Oh yeah, I wear them all day, every day. I love them. Great. Um, for me, you know, I kind of put them in that specialty shoe category where like, I want them for flying. Like I I should just stick them in the seat of the extra, you know? And okay. That reminds me, (laughs) I should, you know, I gotta put these shoes on, but, um, I still kind of gravitate in a weird way. Like as an overall shoe, I really like, um, I really like a van slip on or some sort of a slip on shoe.
1: Um, and it's just tough because like every shoe that you start, you know, when you get a new shoe, it's, you know, for me, like I only use that shoe for flying. And, yeah. you know, the smart thing to do would be to just keep it on, and wear it around the house or wear it to work or, or break it in. But I don't because I'm a moron. So it takes I a while. For, right. Yeah. So it takes a while for the shoe to break in. But, yeah, for like a 12 flights or whatever, it's just uncomfortable and it sucks. So,
0: yeah. And, and the lift shoe, one thing I'll say about the lift shoe, like my the, my least favorite thing is probably the fact that the, the, um, the sole is pretty stiff. Yeah. Um, I really like a gum sole soft you know, flexible shoe. Um, so that's kind of where like, okay, the slip on nature kind of, kind of, uh, comes in. Cause like you, you don't really find a slip on that has a super rigid soul. Uh, that's just kind of not their, their being you know, or not their, um, you know, typical trait, but yeah, breaking in a shoe to get it to where it like fits right. feels good. It's everything softened
1: Dude, up. We like definitely take some time. You're friends with the guys at Lyft. Uh, and by the way, I got to get off yeah. for in like four minutes and, well, yeah. For anybody listening, it's snowing in New York and I have to jump off this podcast for like an hour and take care of something. And But anyway, Mark might cut this out or not. Anyway, um, I wonder if we can talk to, what's the guy's name at Lyft? Um, Todd Lentz is their, uh, one of their high up guys. Yeah. Why don't we, can we talk to him and can you and I design it yeah. like an aerobatic show? Dude, that'd be awesome. So like what's, so right off the bat, right? Um I'd want to make the shoe more I told fl- him, more flexible in the
0: sole. 100%. I've told him flat I was like please make a slip on. I want a slip on.
1: Okay, so slip on. I don't know why I'm anti-based so that. much
0: but like I I don't like I really just I I just do like, I could just not tie my shoe like I'm not a velcro guy but let's uh, seriously I'm do, do super it super
1: down. Oh my god, we could I mean I know I hope it wouldn't I hope it would at least at the worst break even, because I don't like costing people money. I don't think that's fair. Uh, just oh, I'm a, sorry.
0: Yeah. It will be the best selling shoe of all time.
1: Dude, I'm Let's telling Let's get you, real I here. Do one color scheme. Not too, you know, too many known yeah. cho- choices. Um, oh my God, I'm so pumped for this. What color? Um, I think it would be a mix between your airplane and my airplane. I mean, I hate to, I hate, you know. Uh, that would be kind of cool. Fuck like
0: my, a maroon to black or a maroon black kind of thing.
1: Yeah, like screw with the, uh, gray. Screw with the market once. That's what you and I want. <laughs> I think I think people would dig that. Oh my god. It, and then we can yeah. call it uh I'm trying to think something with fly cool shit. Uh walk cool shit, wear cool shit. I don't know. We'll figure it Without out. Walk cool shit. <laughs> but um oh yeah. my god. Yeah, well, let's do this. Let's fucking do Yeah.
0: It. <laughs> Shoes, man, it's one of those things. Uh you know, I I'm sure everybody thinks about it, but like the, like I said, it was one of those things I was not taught. And so yeah.
1: It's yeah. important. So thin sole Flexible, thin,
0: no, no laces, no laces. I like the heel sliders.
1: The, yeah, the heel sliders. Maybe we can make it so that, um, you know, if they if that's just the worst of it, that they break down, maybe I just got a bad batch or maybe I was just being an idiot on how I fly. But maybe they could be something where you can just replace them like a clip in. So or, slide, cool. you know, some type of notch where they, they slide into like a male, female type thing from the top to the bottom. That'd be a great and, idea, dude. Um, I mean, what else? I would do that. I would do very breathable fabric, like lightweight fabric to wrap around and make them. Yeah. That's why it. I
0: like this. This ultra knit is like mesh. It's like where it's like, it's like not solid. It's awesome. Super breathable. So we can make it out of that material.
1: Oh my God. I'm so pumped. Hey everybody. We're back. It is. Oh geez. What day? Monday. Uh, it's 644 on the East coast. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing
0: freaking fantastic, dude. Um, I uh, I have a glass of um French grenache in my hand um which is lovely and cuz I ha- as soon as I, I'm like oh yeah we're going to record like got got to get something in the hand right so what is what is french garnache
1: am I saying that right
0: yeah yeah <laughs> um gosh I can't remember where it's from um uh
1: just make, like, something, make my, something
0: up. Right, <laughs> um, the so uh, a lot of a lot of regions in France use this as a blending grape. Um, you probably heard of GSMs, which is Grenache, Syrah, and Mourvedre. Um, Southern Rhone, I think, is uh, where a lot of Grenache comes from, Ooh. and I think that's where this is from. I think this is from um, Southern Rhone.
1: I uh, mean, but yeah, it's good. I just, I just feel like our listeners are getting so much out of this podcast, and the next dinner that they're at, they're just going to drop Grenache. You know, just name drop it and be like, oh, this yeah tastes just like Garnache.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if uh if you want a Spanish Garnache, it's a Garnacha. Garnacha.
1: Oh my God, yeah. I can go for a Spanish food right now. Love Spanish Oh food. dude. Oof. Me too. Love Spanish food and Spanish wine. Is there I always feel like I get myself in trouble because I you know, obviously I don't have authentic Spanish food and um but I always sometimes go right into Cuban food and kind of, but it's not the same, you know, obviously Cuban food is different, but I mean, yeah. paella, some obviously Cubano, oh, I'm starving, dude! Oh man. Oh,
0: it's so funny because uh, you're, you're so New York and <laughs> this reminded me of this, my first time to New York. Um, I had a trip, like a uh, private, like a charter. Right. So I flew, flew to Teterboro and we had a couple of days and I'm like, what am I going to do? And it was, it was like this time of year, it was freezing ass cold. I had no clothes. I had like my like leather flight jacket and like jeans. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Nothing is stopping me from seeing a little bit of New York. So I, uh, yeah, yeah. I took the train in. Uh, I must've gotten off Penn station or something, you know, but then just started like kind of wandering, you know? And um, I came across this, Cuban place, and it was probably dog shit, but it was so good. I got a Cuban sandwich. It was fuck. I love Cuban sandwiches, dude. Oh,
1: you know my favorite Cuban too, coffee oh. is uh, they do. Uh, you know, like the uh, the gyro carts, you know, hot dog carts all in the city. They have a gyro cart there, and that is the yeah. best gyro that I've ever had in my life. I mean, it was. I love gyros. I gyros, what gyros. gyros. It's probably been there like the meat's freaking two weeks old. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> That's the nice
0: thing, though, is like you know that you know you're not going to get sick from it because it's just been cooked to fucking hell. It's so good, so good, it's so good.
1: No, it's so good. But yeah, yeah I've man. actually, uh, you know, believe it or not, I've been I've been on a little diet. I'm a little cranky. I haven't been eating a lot. And uh, oh no, yeah, it sucks. You know, because trying went, to get a trying to get an extra click out of the ratchet or something. What what are you what are you getting, what are you going on a diet for? It's Christmas. It's not even that. Like I get as many clicks as when I'm in shape as when I'm fat. The fat just distributes itself differently when the, when the ratchet <laughs> goes down but i get like the dunlap when i'm fat you know some of the fat goes, goes over. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah but um but Stuff yeah i feel like a michelin man oh dude it's terrible it's terrible and then like you're just like uh, it's just not comfortable and um yeah. so yeah i haven't been eating which is the worst diet in the world yeah you know, I, I eat yeah. i'm not an but i'm just not eating what i i'm just eating less and I'm trying to do like intermittent fasting one day and then I give up and I have like last night I had, I gave up on it. I had jalapeno chips, you know, potato chips. <laughs> yeah. It's delicious from Costco. Oh. I'm a big Costco guy. Love and, Costco. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's so hard to diet with like what's going on. Right. And I work out. Like I go to the, I've been going to the gym, you know, I've been walking on a treadmill. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um In fact, I got, I got mask, shamed what do you call that you know when people like point out when you don't have your mask on i was at the gym i'm on the treadmill and i'm walking i do like the uphill i'm like a 3.5 and an 8.0 or a 70 and an 80 incline right so i'm trying sure, to like, get fat sure. burning you know just working up a sweat yeah. i take my mask down to go and i go you know take my uh, poland spring bottle take a sip of water and some old lady she had to be like 75 typical old lady five foot three Probably about a deuce, white short hair, just starts like going off. Like, put your mask on. Why you can't? You're gonna get everybody sick. And you know, I hit her. I just punched her right <laughs> in the face. Just, I just smacked her across the just open hand <laughs> right across the mouth. No, I actually sat there. I'm like, I'm taking a drink. Like, can <laughs> it's just so I'm, yeah, so frustrating. I, and that's why I, ate I the started. I was so stressed out. Yeah. No, like you're
0: like, like punishing yourself for like being mad at her. Yeah. It's all Evelyn's fault.
1: <laughs> Blanche. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Have you ever met like a young Evelyn or is that name just morphed no. into like an Evelyn? Some There's some name out no, there where eventually once you turn 65, it morphs into Evelyn. I think women like that are born 85 years old. Yeah. I've never met a 20 year Benjamin. old Evelyn. No, no. It's it's almost like the they don't exist. Of Benjamin Evelyn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my god That's we're so still funny. benjamin <laughs>
0: um i so I, I started cycling i got really like so i bought a peloton in in like february Is and
1: that uh been cycling what's that did you get into cycling because mike Goulian cycles does he cycle oh don't act like you don't know <laughs> don't i don't even.
0: know i know pablo does i talked to pablo about it a little bit no i really don't i, d- I didn't know that yeah, this would be great he- to talk uh hopefully we'll
1: get him on someday
0: you know, maybe next
1: month or something. I don't know all the top, the top aerobatic guys do something. There's, they're in incredible shape. That's probably what the best, but they all cycle. Like everybody's cycling now. Interesting. I I actually didn't know that. I heard it was dangerous.
0: You know? So yeah. Pablo got fucked up on a bike, dude. I think he got hit by a car. Um, Either that or he fell and broke his clavicle, but um, shout out to Pablo. We got to get him on Bronco. He's so suave. Oh, my God. When you're born with a porn name, you just know your life's going to be great.
1: Yeah. I will
0: not bring ah, him away. No, Otherwise I will be, either.
1: She'll just get impregnated just looking at him.
0: I kind of don't even want to be near him. I'm afraid I'll just be like gay bias. You know, it's like, I can't help it.
1: Yeah, you can't help it. He's
0: so thoughts. sexy.
1: Yeah. You're just going to have those thoughts naturally. And you, you don't want that. No, you don't
0: need that in your life. But Yeah. I, so I, um, I bought the Peloton to like get into indoor riding and then I was nice. like, well shit, I like this enough to like cycle outside. So I, I ended up now I have two, two road bikes, but, um, I got like, you know, pretty hardcore into cycling. And so I, when the kids were now they're, they're both home. So it's, it's much harder to find time to ride. But, um, I was riding every day. I mean, I was just, like fucking banging it out and, uh, I, I wouldn't wear a mask on the trail and I would get, you know, and I'm, uh, full disclosure, like I'll wear a mask. Anywhere somebody wants me to, like I, you know, I I don't try to make anybody feel uncomfortable. I, I I don't care. Um, but like if I'm gonna be six feet away from somebody,
1: I don't wear a mask. Yeah, um, especially yeah, so outside. I just yeah, like in, outside in, on I a know, trail, I'm not gonna wear do it. Like I just wear it inside because you're always gonna get that one person, and like I get it, and you know it's really not that big of a deal. You wear it inside, but yeah, yeah, and then, we, yeah then you take it off anyway, which is you know somebody gave me a great a. uh what do you call that? Uh, Comparison. They were like, you know, when you go into a restaurant and you sit at a table and take your mask off, it's the same as going in a swimming pool and then going to pee in a corner of a pool. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean,
0: there's definitely like, you know, it's funny. I, I really toe the line with like getting, I I see the absurdity in it, but I also see like, you know, if, if we're going to like eat and be distant in a restaurant, I get wearing the mask to the table. Like, it's hedging a a small bet, you know, is it doing anything? I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe it didn't. That's why we're fucking in this mess still, but yeah, there's, there's definitely some absurdities to it now where I, now not, not the last thing I want this podcast to be is anything political. Obviously, I think both of us would agree on that, but, but who'd you vote um, for? (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, (laughs) <laughs> um but like you know i'm pretty middle of the road guy in general but like you know like the california governor not to name names but like put your mask on in between bites like you're you're a psycho like get out of here like you're yeah. not you're not real like don't be real you know
1: no california's um, going nuts right now then somebody showed me something with your sheriff out there the sheriff was like we will not arrest people on thanksgiving and i guess whatever your governor's name is is like you will get arrested if you're a of att- like it was like back that's the stupid forth. shit I've ever heard. That's so dumb.
0: That's the thing is like people get, this is like people get, you know, so bent out of shape on this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, you know, just like nobody's busting in your house to arrest you, you know, like just be smart. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it anyway. Like just whatever. I don't know. Yeah. So do you, do you, when you go cycling, do you go in a group? No. So like, I, you know, that's another thing that's kind of unfortunate is like, I, I was really looking forward to some group rides, but like so many, you know, with all this going on, it's really hard to find group rides. You know, yeah. going on at all. So I I've been riding solo. Um, I've been loving it. I freaking love it. I, yeah,
1: I, it's, you got nice it's terrain up there too. You got a lot of hills.
0: Yeah, you, you know, you got hills if you want it. You got flat if you want it. It's been great, and uh, I really noticed now that I'm I am not riding as much, and shit, I haven't ridden in like a week. I feel it. I hate it. Um, I was really worried about what cardio because I was never a big cardio guy but I was really worried about um, what cardio would do to my G tolerance because I've heard horror stories. Now, obviously a lot of the top aerobatic guys are very fit
1: athletically, um, but I was just kind of nervous about that. That's actually, let's delve into that. That's actually a really good topic as far as I know we're going to get back to where we we left off before I had to go plow with the the shoes, but um, I was recently uh, talking to somebody about, you know, helmets and this and that. And their main argument to the helmet was um it was so much weight on their head that it's going to lead to a neck injury. And, okay. you know, I can kind of buy into that, but not so much because you should, this is what I'm talking about getting into. So as far as working out, um, I kind of changed after I heard that I changed my workout a little bit, and I've been doing a lot more like lat, and neck exercise to build up my neck muscles just to avoid that. Yeah. It, made, it made a lot of sense. What he was saying? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't think cardio you know, would hurt you that much as long as you're doing muscular.
0: Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, and I, and I forgot the rationale behind it, but it was something just of, of like, you know, lowering your heart rate, you know, cause obviously the, the more athletic you are, the, the, the lower your, you know, resting heart rate is. Right. And obviously like during aerobatics, like uh, resting heart rate is not, not the thing um to worry about i guess you're going to have at an elevated heart rate but um just lower um heart rate lower blood blood pressure and and like i guess a uh, a reduced ability to get blood to the extremities right and so somebody i forgot who i was talking to somebody that like i was like oh shit like i never thought of that and that makes total sense and you're saying it so um i believe it you know and yeah. um but it, I guess what I was really worried, because, you know, I went, th- I went through that like seven month gap and not flying my plane because it was broken. And right. then, you know, flew my buddy's airplane a couple of times, but not not really anything crazy. And then like I'm getting this airplane back after seven months. You know, I, f- I flew across the country. No big deal. But then I'm like, I, I have to really. I can't just go take somebody up who wants to do. You know, first I got to get I got to get acclimated again to like all the stuff that I teach in, you know, like the, the teaching environment of like, okay, I got to go. I gotta go fly and just like, I gotta run through a spin series. Like I, I gotta go do inverted flats. I gotta go do uprights. I gotta do accelerated. Yeah. Um, I gotta do crossover, you know, and, and, and make sure that I'm comfortable solo doing all that stuff again. Cause it's been so long before I go teach it. But then I was like, crap, man, if I get somebody that really wants to go, uh, kind of tr- turn it up a little bit, um, I I'm, I'm might be a little nervous, but I ended up, you know, I, I, I worked, I, I did my, little G loading exercises and, and found that my tolerance, you know, my, my tolerance never, the G never really, um, I don't know if you know, do you, do you notice a big shift in your G, your ability to withstand G, uh, when you like go on a, you know, a long break? Cause I don't notice that in myself.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you don't fly like, well, if you, if I don't fly for say, uh, maybe like a, a month or a month and a half, then, you know, I could still pull G, but once I get to like eight, nine, um, you know, it's, I could do it, but only a couple of times. And then, you know, you, you're at the end of the pull, you see a little bit of stars or something like that. Um, you're just yeah. not G conditioned. Negative G on the other hand, is just something that even if you feel like you could do it or whatever, you just don't, you have to, no matter what, be programmed about it and follow. I think in my opinion, you should follow some type of regiment, you know, work out, as far as you know, the first flight do negative two, do a couple you know pushes from invert, and build yourself back up because um, it's just recipe for disaster to go out there and start pushing negative eight, negative seven, or just start. If you haven't flown in like oh, a like month and a half, it's like, oh, I am gonna go do some negative flicks. Like no big deal. I am not talking like yeah, negative flicks from like a I am talking like really competitive negative flicks where you you are just you are getting like punched in the face pretty much. <laughs> and that's where. So let me. I'll back up. Because
0: our our G tolerances, I'm sure, are way different. I mean, my ability to have handle positive G is is pretty good. Um, I I I risk um, saying that it's great because I don't want somebody to be like, "Oh, hold my fucking beer, let's go for a flight yeah. and just wreck my life." But um, you know, I, five, I've never six,
1: right? any extra.
0: No, no. I mean, even even you know, I mean. Six, six and a half is, is typically what I pull. Like if I go out for a flight and I'm, I'm fucking around, I'll see six or seven, you know? Um, but I'm not doing eight or nine regularly, but I can, um, um, pretty, pretty okay. Like there's nothing. I don't, I don't, I typically for positive stuff. I I don't, um, I don't get tunnel vision really. Um, sometimes I'll see stars, but it's typically if I do a negative first, if I'm going, Mm -hmm. if I'm flip-flopping negative to positive, maybe, um, but, you know, you bring up a good point about the negative stuff is um, if I go positive to negative, I notice that tolerance really, really wanes if I don't do them a lot. If So right. if I, if I, I will lose that, that ability to go positive to negative. So, and what, um, where, where I will be reminded of this is <laughs> inevitably I'll have like a student and we'll be doing this typically happens if I'm doing, if I'm teaching competition spins or spin recovery in general. And if somebody goes on the downline and they're, they're like used to a super D or something, and then they do the extra push or they do that, that super D push and an extra. And we go from like uprights to really negative hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll be like, Oh shit. Kind of red in here. That's cool. Um, I've never, I mean, obviously never blacked out or anything like that, but um, I will know that's kind of where I'll notice. I'm like, Oh man, I, I haven't done these in a while and somebody just kind of put me into a, you know, where I'm getting a little tunnel or starting to see a little red in the corners a little bit.
1: Yeah. It's hard, you know, as far as flying with people, like doing sportsman stuff, doing some hammerheads and, and, you know, basic figures with somebody is not a big deal. But when you go, no. especially in like a, you know, a midwing is, is pretty high performance for a two seater. So if you go in, if somebody's in the front hole or whatever, and flying in the back and they Want to start running through some figures and they know how to fly, and you're just there for the ride. It is the most like you have to brace your you literally, like for me, like I punch my neck forward and like so that this you know I don't snap my neck or hurt my neck or whatever. Yep, um, because it's 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 not fun, like I don't enjoy no. it. Like when somebody's like, oh, could I show you like uh, you know, a half half like this or you know, some type of like you know, hesitation roll at full deflection at like say whatever. You know, high speed where you're getting decent roll rate, and, and they know how to stop the airplane. I mean, you just get that whiplash, and it's you got to be really careful. You can really hurt yourself. You can, yeah. And there's some
0: element, you know. Like I think all of us that fly are probably similar, but you know, I'll actually I, I try not to be on the controls when somebody else is on the controls ever, unless somebody's like, "Hey, can I shadow you for for some weird, you know, uh, extenuating c- circumstance in some maneuver, some figure?" If somebody's like, "Hey, can I just shadow you to see?" What input you do? I'm like, yeah, cool. Um, but typically, if like they're flying, they're flying. Yeah. But I will have to t- pretend that I'm flying. Um, and th- a lot of times, it is that if somebody's like, hey man, um, I just want to run through the intermediate sequence mm-hmm. a couple times back to back. Just let me know how the figures are. Or just like you know, whatever. Just some maybe they need a safety pilot or something. I've I, I've been literally a uh, a fucking rock in the in the like you know
1: in but the it's, airplane it's doing not nothing. Hard it's not fun though no. right?
0: it's it's the it's actually it's the thing I like the least and I don't know that it's that beneficial um if somebody's good I don't know how beneficial it is to be critiqued if you're good in the airplane like I, that that's such a no. um, an element for coaching on the ground you know it's really like, getting like learning a figure being taught like hey teach me a snap roll okay Here's the snap roll. Teach me an avalanche. Fine. But then once you start getting the flow of them, running through uh, a known um, to be to then be critiqued from inside the airplane, to me personally, almost seems useless.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you would. And everybody I yeah. speak to about it. Um, I mean, if you're having trouble, you know, if somebody's having trouble snap rolling an airplane, like, and you can't, and you're trying to help them from the ground and they're just not getting it, then like, yeah, you just hop in and... And you run through it and, and hopefully they get it. But yeah. as far as, you know, if, if they can't, you know, feel an airplane and, and know where vertical is, cause you can't, you can't tell if you're vertical from the airplane as well as you can on the ground. I mean, yeah. that called me crazy, but. Um, no, and
0: you can't, and you also can't, like, if you're the one in the front seat, like, like take a pits or an extra, for instance, if you're the one in the front seat, and the pilot in the back is is doing the flying and wanting you to critique them from inside the airplane, you in the front seat can't necessarily tell how their vertical is. I mean, I yeah. I can't,
1: I'm not that good. Um the one, the one I, I, thing I, about flying with people too, um, it's just, you know, because turning a corner like so pulling to ver to any line, uh 45 or vertical. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to pick up from the ground how to, you know, how it's feeling and what it's doing. So when you jump in with people. And you see how they're pulling, you know, cause it's not, it's not as simple. Well, at least for me, it's not as simple as everybody thinks it is. Um, but to get a, a very high efficient pull and, you know, a plane to plane pull and make it feel good and, and get as much energy out of the airplane as you can, it, it takes like a little bit of finesse um, uh, for me at least. So sometimes talking over the radio and saying pull harder or pull quicker here or whatever, or, you know, keep constant G here for whatever figure it's, it's sometimes it's easy just to jump in and be like, okay, let's just do a couple and then you'll get the feel for it. Yeah. Like stay on it with me and you'll get the feel. Um, like I can never, like for some reason, I think I got really lucky, you know, snap rolls uh, for me. I really enjoy the snaps and I just just, I, I can't tell you how many snaps I've done. I just love doing them. And if you ask me to, and they're
0: done well, they're so fucking
1: fun. Oh my God. Yeah. So like, if you ask me like grab a radio, Jeff, and you know, this guy, can just start learning snaps teach them how to do uh teach them how to do a half like like it would I, I couldn't do it i mean i i'll try but like i i would bet against myself that i'd be able to instead of just like jumping in the airplane and being and just running through however many of them until you got the muscle memory somewhat and then develop feel later on um, Yeah. so there's pros and cons to ground and ground and in plane and you know i know that for me i'm going to lean on some friends of mine for somebody in limited figures to borrow a two seat. And, you know, just save me a bunch of misery of trying to fly figures alone and and just let them like, show me what the sight picture is like, or what the control inputs are really doing and what it should feel like inside the plane, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause especially like, and I get this, like just being on uh, from a recreational standpoint, um, of like you get these roadblocks. Like I, I was telling you guys about knife edge spins. I was like, man, I just can't get this airplane to knife edge spin. Um, yeah. like I could to 300 L and it took me and I haven't done this in a while and it's super rewarding. Uh, just to your point about like going out and getting, you know, hammering through snaps until they start getting consistent. You start getting the muscle memory and you start being able to do them well consistently, or at least. Like okay, I'm replicating
1: what what needs to be done now. It's time to to fine tune. Yeah, um,
0: and I started doing that again.
1: Doubt if you had like if Mike Goulian can you go sit in the front hole of your extra and just like be like just run through it a couple times for me, and you'd be like oh oh okay I missed that a little bit now I know it instead of you like trying yeah. it you know two dozen times and then figuring it out. Yeah, and there might be times where like you just like you literally don't get it, <laughs> like
0: <laughs> like where you just you're up there for a half an hour like uh i'm missing something i'm brain farting i'm missing one element and then somebody will come in and be like well dude are you doing this and
1: you're just like oh fuck yeah <laughs> i forgot about that i forgot about that or no i wasn't doing that yeah that's um, the really frustrating part about the sport It's when you like you master a figure and it that lasts for like an hour maybe and then you're like oh i'm gonna try you know whatever next figure is is in progression right and then it's just like weeks of or months of frustration and then you get an hour of satisfaction and move on to the next <laughs> it's like constant like you know progression i guess living the
0: life dude that's that's yeah. what it's all about um so speaking of snaps this, so i remember um ben freelove came and gave a talk Ye- oh my gosh this is so long ago i mean this is like 15 years ago to
1: our chapter cuz he ben was a 30 member one of those guys that I don't think he realizes how many people know of him and watched either him flying or know or have seen his geniusness <laughs> obviously I'm not a genius for making up that word but um, <laughs> but like his geniusosity. yeah do you think that he knows
0: how much of a fan base he has no I'll, t- well, I'll tell you right now he does he doesn't um, oh, man, that's and I don't know him at all but um you can tell the way he talks and the way he the way he articulates things it's in a, it's in a way where he feels like he's just like, uh, how do I, how do I put this? Like he's in a bubble, like he's all by himself. Maybe that's the way to put it. Like he's, he has no idea how many people watch his flying or know of him or know of him from Red Bull and appreciate <laughs> his his expertise. Um, And this was a, a glowing example. He gave a, I mean, it might have been two hours long on snaps and it was fascinating because Ben Freelove, for those that don't know, he, um, gosh, I don't remember his, um, accolades at nationals, but, uh, a good freestyle pilot. Um, and I don't know how well he did. I don't know how well he did at nationals, but he's oh a good pilot. I could check that while you're, uh, yeah, but he was on the advanced
1: I, I, team and he flew a, yeah. uh, like a 300 L at worlds. Um, I yeah. don't know. It's been a while. It's hard to keep track of all these like. He had an uh, edge too, I think. Yeah. He had an orange edge. Um, um, and he was, he just got in, started doing unlimited, I think. And then, um, you know, I guess something I don't know what happened. I mean, I'd be, I'd be grasping that straws to guess, but you know, I'd love to talk to him and, and, and see what's up. I know he's an aerodynamic genius, you know, from what everybody Very, said. very smart guy. And that's, I I think,
0: he started he started doing unlimited and then got pulled away uh on one of the Red Bull teams and I gosh I think he was on Yoshi's team, a
1: Japanese guy.
0: Yeah, um but he's just such a smart dude, man. And, um the way he broke down snap rolls, I mean it was an absolute clinic and it's a shame, it's a tragedy that it wasn't filmed because now you could sell it as like a master class on snaps and it was uh I wish I I mean I've, you know, he, he, I've forgotten more on snaps than I'll ever know uh, from him on snaps, but he just said that completely wrong. D- is that what uh,
1: he, a good look at a he's forgotten. Yeah. Your head up a butcher <laughs> mess.
0: yeah. He's forgotten more than I'll ever know on snaps. That's okay, what it is. Yeah. Uh, case, case of the Mondays here, but um, you know, this is what I want to ask you about. Uh, so um, the question's coming to you, but it reminded me, uh, Ben Freelove reminded me of this because it was just such a well done presentation on the anatomy of a snap roll um and he talked about you know obviously different ways um I mean I think the most you know the entry to a snap uh, is probably the variance in an entry to a snap is not that much right right there's you know co- only a couple ways to skin the cat to enter a snap you know one or two two maybe I don't know everybody kind of enters a snap the same way probably and then obviously there's some different ways to accelerate the snap and how you make it look given on the airplane but then he he talked about um, exiting the snap, right? Stopping the snap, like, and stopping it well and and, and crisp. And I remember him saying that there was a lot of, um, or not a lot, but but different ways to do that. Did you find that? Or have you tried, experimented different ways? Did you just get lucky in the way you stop snaps and how they look? Uh, like, um,
1: that's really how did you go through that process? Uh, it's like trial and error and just doing a ton of them and seeing what works. And then... When you when you hit one right, um, you you know, after a while, you start hitting them more and more right. Um, This stick just feels where it needs to go and the airplane, you know, completely stops. So for me, you know, with and everything's kind of different with whatever snap roll you're doing, you know, whether it's half three quarter, one, one and a half or outside this. And, you know, the stick is constantly moving. If the airplane's accelerating or decelerating, the stop is going to be different all the time. Um, yeah. so if you ever have, have a tinge of aileron and, and full, full opposite pedal to stop it, or if you have to blend the pedal, you know, there's all different like techniques that you could do. I always, what I have always, you know, been taught, you know, by one of my, um, uh, what's the like a mentor who's, who's a really great personal friend of mine is he kind of explained the snap roll to me. Um, he really dumbed it down. Cause I don't, <laughs> if anybody listens to the show, I don't, I don't know big words. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, what he, what he compared it to is, um, you know, like I, I can kind of say like, so like when you do a spin and when you want to accelerate the spin, you, you're basically increasing, you know, a lot of airflow over the rudder and you have more authority, you know, with that control service to, to do whatever you want with it, you know, IE stop. So with the snap roll, he kind of compared it to a figure skater. So when you, um, when you, what's the right word here? I don't want to sound too stupid. Um, when <laughs> so it's all he explained it to me with polar moment of inertia. So, when you decrease the polar moment of inertia, basically, when you when that tail during the auto rotation, um, and you're accelerating the snap, um, comes in like the cone comes in a little bit more, you're increasing yeah. that airflow, it's similar to like a figure skater that when you see them spin and their arms they are tuck out, their arms in once yeah. they tuck their arms in the. The speed comes up. So you can increase, you know, speed of the snap um, from lower speeds. Like a lot of people, like when I, when I do whatever snap roll, everybody's like, Oh, what do you snap roll from on this? And a lot of times I'm about 10 to 15 knots slower than them. Um, and they don't really understand why I can, you know, have the same rotation speed. So what do you um, snap
0: at speed wise?
1: Um, it kind of depends. Like for the most part, um like half flicks on a downline, I'll hit it about one 110, 115 at the most. Um yeah. ascent, you know, forty-five up, probably like one thirty. Um, and then verticals. Um, it kind of depends what it is, but for the most part a decent amount faster, maybe one fifty, um, one sixty. Um but basically if you accelerate it right and you find that sweet spot of where you know it's so hard to describe. Um, and it's really, for me, It's it was hard to find. And I feel like it's, there's not a big sweet spot in in my airplane, but the plane just, it's, it kind of gets on rails and, and you know what it's doing, but it's so easy to stop with, you know, opposite pedal or even just taking the pedal out. And yeah. um, it's all about feel. You really have to develop a feel for your individual airplane. And, and it's, it, you can't be really a program pilot about it. If there's, yeah because every if you think that you know a full snap is going to stop with the same controls you know as you know on a level line or descending line or an ascending line um it's just not going to work out like that they might be similar but to really to get a 10 or a 95 on the figure it's it's you need to know it's 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 going to be a lot different and the controls are going to do a lot more um but it, again it's all about feel and you shouldn't you know, be flying a figure and be like, I need to put the stick one inch South of my knee and for a half a second. And then the plane will stop and I'll center it and the pedal will go three quarter. It's, it can't be like that. It's, you have to, you have too to much thinking. yeah, you have to feel it. And I think yeah. a lot of the best pilots out there and I, and by the way, I could be completely off for anybody listening and please message me and call me a dick, but I'm just trying to do my best here. <laughs> <laughs> but like um, all the best pilots out there, They've all flown, um, you know, everything by feel, all the air, all the fabric planes that they grew up flying to now, yeah. everything is, is feeling it. And I bet you that for the most part, a lot of them that really aren't flying competition that are doing, that are still flying airbags. If you ask them numbers, they'd be like, I I have no idea. You know, same thing. Like yeah. when we were talking to Pinky with landing, like, oh, what do you come? I don't know what number I'm, what, how many yeah. how fast I'm going over the fence. That just feels right. Um, yeah, you do, you do what you need to do to feel the airplane out. Yeah. Yeah. The only yeah. time, you know, for the most part, the only time I really look at my speed before a snap is, um, for instance, like on a downline, um, I'll kind of just glance at it really quick and see where it's coming up and I'll kind of know where I am or, um, uh, like on a vertical,
0: up, have to make sure you don't snap too, too fast or just know that you're going to get that rotation at that speed. So, and that's the speed you'd like on the downline
1: for me it was, it was right. The problem was too soon. Um, the, uh, so I, I wasn't waiting long enough. So I Mm -hmm. would just kind of like see it past a certain point and I know like, okay, like, and you just, it's about a second or something and I know I'm kind of ready to go, but that's just, you know, personal preference and it it could work or it could not work for me. Um, and that's why, yeah, it's, you know, a lot of pilots out there, I feel like they're like, oh, well they'll come up to me and they're like, how do you do You know, one guy came up to me, it was like, it was like a double roll or something, you know, really simple on a, on a horizontal line. And with the SC, it's, you know, it rolls really fast. And once you get the timing right, you can, you know, do a double roll and stop it. And it looks really nice and crisp. And then you, whatever it is, like a half loop or some crap. And, you know, he came up and he goes, how do you do that? I'm like, you just have to, you know, time it or look outside the airplane and and be quick and, and stop the airplane and, and develop that feel. And he just couldn't, he it wasn't the right, the answer he was looking for. And yeah. it's like a program pilot, like, well, but how, like, do you, I'm, and he's like, probably thinking to himself, is it a one and a half seconds or do I blink three times yeah. and then stop? Like, <laughs> so like, I don't know. I'm a big proponent of feeling an airplane and, and developing that, you know, inner timing and that, yeah, you know, it's just, I don't know. And it's fun too. You don't want to get in an airplane, at least I don't, and be like, oh, I'm going to, Pull vertical at one hundred and I don't know. That's not fun. go Fly drones. Yeah, play.
0: Go play DCS on the computer if you want numbers. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you want to feel it and and aviate. You know, I hate to be cliche about it, but like if you want to really fly the airplane, you got to feel it. And I, dude, I get this all the time, and it's it's with a particular maneuver, and it's the hammerhead. If I teach a hammerhead, and they're and I'm like, okay, you know, and I teach it as I call it kicky push. You know, I'm like, okay, you know. When you start seeing the string go limp and you just start seeing just a a semblance of torque roll, you're going to kicky push and you're going to kick full left rudder, some forward stick and right aileron. And uh, I already know the next question that they're going to ask is how much elevator, how much forward stick, how much right aileron, right? And my answer is always enough to get it to do what you want it to do. (laughs) And and so many times they've been like, I'm paying you to teach me how to do this and you're not telling me how to do it.
1: And um, some of the best advice I got was from. Hello. Oh, you there? <laughs> yeah, we got you. Yeah, I'm here. Jeez. Fucking Zencaster. Um technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you I'm were saying about best advice, You know, when you were talking about Yeah, yeah. Well, you were talking about basically uh the guy wanted to you to tell him exactly what to do. And, you know, my best one of my best friends, Scotty, um, he was training with the French connection a lot and you know, all that Jean Claude or not Jean Claude, um, Sean, I forget the guy's name. I'm such an idiot. Um, but basically the, the point of what I'm trying to say is that he told him, he's like, whatever you need to do, they were doing, you know, half roll, you know, half roll inverted, half roll upright or a full roll on a horizontal line. And what he told them is, you know, it doesn't, whatever you need to do to keep that nose there, just do it. You know, and the same thing with the hammer, whatever you need to do, to, you know, keep the wings perpendicular or, or not torque, just add that input and do it, you know, just don't overthink it. Don't it's, you just have to look outside and do whatever you need to do. And that's what I try to tell people too, from the minimal amount that I know and, or as far as training and I'm like, whatever, whatever control input you need to do to make the airplane do this, you know, for the most part, then, then do it. Even if it feels uncomfortable, but if it looks good to the judges, then do it. You know, it's like, you know, rolling yeah. with a decathlon, Um, It's going to feel really, you know, to, to do a, a really good roll in a decathlon on a horizontal line. It feels so horrible in the airplane. Um, to, to At least for me, did to make it look it, good for the judges. Yeah. You know, because you're yeah. holding all this fucking rudder in and then, you know, a ton of forward stick and then coming back with the pedal. And it's like, it's not comfortable, but it scores well. You know without cheating Isn't that weird like those maneuvers that they just
0: don't they don't feel like they should look no they feel horrible
1: yeah they feel horrible uh-huh. um but i don't know um that's kind of like that's one of the things that's always in my head when i'm flying you know whether a competition or a training it's just like whatever i need to do to make the airplane do this or to stay here just do it like especially like when you're on a on a down line or whatever, whatever line forty-five, whatever you need to do to make the airplane not appear that it's not moving in the sky, just do it or don't do it. Just like, do it. Yeah. Just don't. Just whatever, whatever needs to be done, do it and don't think about it. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't do you know. try those things? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. um, and everybody, everything's. It's so amazing how the maneuvers have. Some, some maneuvers have very little variance in, in controls, but there's still so much style and person personability or personability, um, personality. And I guess, yeah, personability, um, to a maneuver, you know, where like you just get, everybody kind of has their own little thing in some way. Yeah. For, you know, for so many maneuvers, do you, um, do
1: you trim zero G? Oh my God. I, I've been messing around with trim up until now for like, I had no idea. Like and this goes back to what we were talking about with shoes. Like how you have to trial and error. So I was yeah. for the longest Which, by time. By the way, we got to get back to talking about shoes at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I was competing in uh, 20. Uh, it was when I first got the SC. I think it was 2018 um, at nationals, and the airplane was just set up for um, like level trim, like to not do anything, like cross country trim. And, um, yeah, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't read about anything with trim. Nobody really told me about trimming an airplane and, you know, I just trimmed it to what I always kind of thought was good when I was flying to 200 too. So yeah. I was flying nationals and, you know, I was pulling and, and you know, like how like Goulian in his air show, when he pulls, pulls a line, you see it like a little pop, you know, when he sets the yeah. line, there's a little bump. So that's kind of like what the airplane was doing And I thought it was okay, but basically it, it wasn't okay. You kind of get a deviation of, a flight and it's minus however many points. And I got my scores back and I'm like, what the heck? Like, and then one of the judges was like, yeah, like you can't, you got to set a line, like pull to a line and, and set it, not kind of pull past and then, and then pop it back or whatever. And, um, and then maybe like six months later, I started reading a little bit about setting, you know, setting your trim um, nose down. Um I think there was an article from Morrissey that, Talked about it and basically you'd pull, you'd get some speed and pull 45 and then set it for negative one G and I was doing that for a while, but to me it was kind of like inconsistent how to do it that way. And mm. very recently I was at a camp and, um, uh, which one, Rob gave me a really, um, you know, it was one of those like things you, you go to these, if anybody's not been to an aerobatic camp, um, go try one because my first camp that I went to, I was like, I don't know, this is a lot of money gonna be where and every camp i've been to i've always learned something really important and it's always been worth it by like hands down hands down so go to a camp anyway so this camp um just from this like one piece of information why it was worth it is he had me set the trim just to uh in the vertical so that basically you pull vertically you set the trim and then you can take your hands off and it shouldn't go you know positive or negative and that's what i've been doing oh. it's, it's really great it's really consistent it gives a good feel for the airplane um but that's how, uh, I guess, long story short. I guess that's, that's I closer said. to the zero G, right? That, I guess that'd be zero G. It's pretty similar to what I was doing. Um, but it's got to be hard for you in the midwing because the midwing has that like handle trim lever thing. And doesn't that like reset itself after like a little bit? I have the, so the
0: Northern Lights extras have the vernier knob. What is that? Like, it's like, the you know, like the prop knob. For it's the It's exact, Yeah.
1: Wow. That's really cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, somehow that's not in the logbook and somehow the airplane's still certified. Whatever. <laughs> um, no shit. So they, yeah.
1: So
0: you, so, so you got three knobs. It's weird, dude. And, and it was done for um, their formation <laughs> acro. Um, so oh they took God. that handle off the left. Uh, I'm sorry, off the right side. They took the handle off, you know, like that up and down, whatever, you know, yeah. trim handle. Um, and they put that knob on the left side and it's it's by your left thigh. And so you've got the prop and the mixture knobs below. And I don't even know if this is stock cuz it's a pain in the ass to freaking reach these things when you're strapped in. You literally have to keep the, the shoulder straps loose um uh to to reach the mixture and the prop knob. It's such um,
1: a pain in the ass in the midwing.
0: It's a pain in the ass. But then then this knob is kind of like um it's facing the opposite direction, right? So the knob you know, you're looking at the prop and the mixture knob, right? They're looking at you. This knob is pointed towards those knobs, but it's, it's on your almost like where you're like, I don't know, like it's, it's by your hip, almost so by your butt cheek and you can just twist it right there and just do very minute trim changes. And it was uh, done for the formation stuff that they did.
1: Yeah. I remembered at 200 um, that I owned. It had the, reg- you know, pretty much all variants of extras at the same one. And once you go past like 200 or 220 knots, it would just kind of go back to neutral trim almost. I don't know if the tension could have been adjusted. I wasn't really um, huh. delving could into that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it never, never really uh, stayed where kind of like at the cast line, you know, the cast line trims, how they kind of just end up going back. Yeah. I think that I wonder if like if that ha-
0: if that's a function of literally air pressure pushing on the tab, I think so I mean two hundred knobs uh, pretty fast. I tell you what maybe that's why um you know whoever made the choice to go to these knobs in their infinite wisdom because you know like the prop knob it locks right you know like you yeah. can push the button in, but then like it's not going anywhere unless you twist it or push the button in um, pretty much so. I, I've never had a trim problem in this airplane i i I think I told you about the time I ripped a trim tab off of a 300 L. That was interesting.
1: But, um, interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess you could, I don't remember. (laughs) Oh, um, uh, I don't remember having the trim go weird, but, and I tell you what, it might be one of those things where like my hand just moves and readjusts. And then I don't think about it again. And I hate that about myself. Like where I won't, I won't, it t- sometimes it takes me a long time to figure out a nuance because like, I'll just fix it. Yeah. Um, that perfect example is like the spades on this airplane were total. They were set up total dog shit. Now they're amazing. And I'm like, why did I just band-aid my flying for so for a year instead of just moving a washer? Why yeah. did I do that? Yeah, you know I bet? I
1: have that you can reach out to that can help out. Yeah, I know. So dumb. It's- it's gotta be hard though for you like to fly that airplane with people in the front just basically making you want to throw up it's weird
0: um luckily I don't get a whole i don't i don't get a lot of the you know the training environment's nice like especially recreationally like i'm not i don't get very and granted i'm you know not necessarily the right person to do it so like um it's all fair um that I don't get these types very often is like somebody that wants to run through a sequence like i can i can run somebody through it. You know, I, I can fly the intermediate arrest, no problem. And, and I'm, there's probably a couple of advanced maneuvers that I can muster through. And then obviously like a catalog of freestyle stuff that isn't in any knowns. But like, if somebody calls me for intermediate, I'm like, okay. But if somebody's like, Hey man, I, I need some whatever in advance. I'm like, I'm not your guy. Right. For, yeah. for obvious reasons. Um, but I don't get a lot of the hardcore back to back to back figure practice stuff anymore. Um it's a it's a lot of like, hey, I'm new. Like I want to learn the basics. And so that's actually been kind of nice. Yeah, that's actually fun then.
1: Because it's like it's really fun. Gentlemen aerobatics and stuff.
0: Yeah. And and I mean honestly that's you know that's that's my I hate to say expertise, but like that's what I was brought up on. That's what I started off first. Um and then like I kind of got into like fine figures and a after. And so like, I have this weird blend of like both, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of people want to, um, I don't, I, yeah, I get a lot of, most of my fly, my dual flying in that airplane is spin training, upset recovery training. And then um, somebody who's like, oh man, I just want to, I want to do some aerobatics. And so yeah. we get to go do aerobatics and, and teach them aerobatics. You I haven't them, done
1: a GoPro package. Do you have like an array of GoPros on your wall? You're like, choose one. <laughs> choose your weapon. <laughs>
0: choose your weapon. Um, if I if I I usually bring my GoPros out in in my little case, and if somebody's like, "Hey, uh, uh is there any way to like film this?" I'll be like, "Hey, I, yeah, I'll just I'll throw a GoPro on and just you know send you the footage. I don't like charge extra for it or anything." That's adorable that you just <laughs> yeah, just
1: like I should. Somebody was like, "Dude, you don't charge extra?" I'm like, "No." Like, you should. I don't know. Yeah. Then it, all of a sudden, it's like it gets on, It's like that one asshole who called you out, like, saying that you were expensive. Meanwhile, like, you're the lowest price one out there. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Jorge, or whatever his name is. Oh, my God. That was, I felt bad. I don't think he understood what was really going on. No, he didn't. No. no. Um, but he was, like, you yeah. know, like, when, like, it's like play fighting with somebody. You know, Dane Cook does that joke about, like, when tickling gets serious and you're, like. <laughs> yeah, no, like everybody was joking, and this guy was like legit. I almost felt bad. I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> don't get mad. Like, we're don't ruin my my high. I'm trying to have fun here. <laughs> he was yeah, like, no, and really, really it, butthurt about it.
0: He was so super mad. Yeah, no. For those listening that are are like, who and the what the fuck are you talking about? Um, uh, Mache was like posted a meme on the Airbag Pilots page about Gen Pro. And tagged, I think he tagged me, probably tagged you and tagged
1: Aaron. Tuesday. Um, Yeah. Yeah. just just another day in the life, you know, wakes up and like, he looks at his planner for Tuesday. It's like, okay. 8am Gen Pro meme. Fire away. (laughs) (laughs) Stick it to Gen Pro one more time. Yeah.
0: Like we were kind of going back and forth and I, you know, I said a couple of things in there just like, you know, would love to see, you know, somebody really do, something great with that airplane like you know it hasn't really you know to say it's like the best airplane on the planet it's kind of a ridiculous comment and I still stand by saying that like it is a ridiculous comment like it's a ridiculous claim to say that that airplane is the most capable airplane when it's just not proving to be the most capable yet will it be maybe you know whatever we'll see time will tell but um, this guy I think either thought I made the meme or just like got super mad at me and and, uh, oh my god he put me on blast super hard he was so mad he's emailed me I mean I sent you guys no. the email.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. yeah he, he's like, this, look at this guy. Look at what this guy's charging for an extra. I'm like, you have no, <laughs> have no idea.
1: Jeez, Louise. Jeez. Louise. Yeah, he got he's mad, man. I feel like, we need to, like maybe we need to um not sit down. What do you call that? A uh intervention? Intervention. Yeah. I think there needs to be an intervention. You know, and I feel yeah, like I, you know like that uh, that meme with the black guy who like just starts crying like, "Ah, (laughs) 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 Oh my God. But yeah. Oh dude, that's, that's it, man. That's the page, baby. That's it's, you know, take the good and the bad. But I'll be honest with you. I happen to, um, I know massage is going to like, hate me even more. Um, but I actually like the gen pro. I don't know how it flies. I don't, I would never, honestly, I would never buy one, you know, full disclosure, but, I like the way it looks. I think it's a sexy looking airplane. Um, I would love to see it perform some arresty catalog figures. I'd love to see somebody like go buy it um, and do well with it. There's got to be variety in, in airbags. It's getting a little stagnant and I'm happy mm-hmm. to see it. MX is getting some shit out to Europe from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, I heard that too. Yeah. So it, you know, you go to like a, a competition and it's, you know, it's, Let's face it like you go to a competition and you see the unlimiteds flying like no matter how good they are you see a known you see a known you see a known it gets really repetitive and it when it's the same airplane too it's like uh 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 okay but like and
0: it's hard at that point like especially like even for my eye like I'm not a judge you know Justin Hickson you know like some of these guys that are like, like serious judges could probably pick I mean that's their job right to pick out the nuances but like me watching I don't know that I'd see m- unless there was a an egregious error in a figure,
1: it's no, not, you Justin, can't really see this. Uh, Justin is a really good judge, actually. Um, he oh, really I'm really sure. He's shit. a freaking smart dude. And like, I think a lot of people might get a little bit, uh, not offended, uh, maybe butthurt or whatever, but he gives out like, you know, because when you look at a figure... It's, I don't know if you've seen those um, videos that Wes Luke kind of distributes about how did the judges miss that? Like when you really look at a figure, you can downgrade that figure, you know, obviously saying it's hard to, somebody could fly perfect, I get it. But like for the most part, you can really pick out of, pick apart a figure and downgrade yeah. it to a five very easily. Um, yeah. And Justin's got a really good, I think he's got a really good eye and um, you know, it sucks getting a low score. But I think he's very consistent you know there's definitely no favoritism. he's very consistent and you know that's all you can ask for out of a judge too that's all that's that's what you want and you know just if you get a judge like Justin or like Aaron is a great judge or um uh, you know I think Jim Burke's a really good judge too. I've gotten some really good feedback from his comments you know don't look at i it sucks getting low scores, but if you got a a legit guy like jim Burke or or just giving you scores and some feedback, you really should look at those notes and take them seriously because it's getting like a free coaching session at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. sucks getting low scores. Nobody likes seeing a five under sheet. Like, trust me, I'm the first one to admit that. But, you know, after you're, I'm done crying and saying that this is complete horseshit, no, that's um, You can really, <laughs> you can really learn a lot from it. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I've always, you know, cause I, I don't know. I just, I never, um, I never take it personally, the scores. I really don't. It's um, good. good. That's a good quality to have. You know, it's a good skill to, to have. Yeah, the only They're thing I really, really get, get upset about is like you'll get a judge's sheet and there'll be no remarks. And I don't know, you know, sometimes that's the recorder or sometimes it's, it's the judge. But I always love like when I get a sheet back and it's just, you know, every figure's got remarks on it and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. So if you look at, if you get your five sheets back or four, however many judges there are, and if three out of the five judges are saying you're negative down on whatever, then you're, you might be, you might want to look at that when you get home and, and check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, don't go off of one. I don't, I never really go off of one judge, but if every judge is saying the same thing or most of the majority are, then, you know, it's not, it's, it's you, it's not them. Trust me. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know, but yeah, Justin's a great judge. Great judge. Yeah. It mm-hmm. seems like a good guy. Yeah, he's Batman. He's Batman, the, baby. He's the Batman fighting crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. But what were we talking Shit. about? We've, we've, uh, fuck, I don't know. You're asking me? We're ADD, baby. <laughs> oh, speaking oh, of well. ADD. So I got, um, what's his face? Is uh, Ben Free Love? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so ADD. It's not even funny. He did really well at 2014 Nationals. Um, Edge 540, the orange one. He scored yeah. seventy-four on the known, seventy-six on the free, um, and seventy-four on the unknown. Uh fourth place on the unknown. Really good. Out of yeah. geez, how many pilots? Twelve pilots. He finished um Rob this year, Rob finished uh first, bourbon second, uh Goody, third, uh Timothy flying an MXS. He finished fourth, then Brett Hunter. Melissa and then free. That was a pretty good field. That's, of a, up, dude. that's a really nice. Uh, that's a nice field. And gonna, uh, in ten years
0: are we gonna? That is that gonna? Is this? Is twenty fourteen that era too gonna be another
1: be like man some greats, it was golden um, era. I mean, no, I I hate to say it. I mean, if you go back, I mean we'll keep blabbering while I while I look at this shit, but if you go back to um, like, I'm on 2006 right now. Um, and that's not even as far back as, um, I'd like to go. It's not even popping up on the, uh, I can't even find it on the, um, the damn, uh, page. What the, Hey, it's extremely Um, intuitive and and awesome. That website. That's (laughs) dude. I was laughing so much at your comment. The, uh, with uh Pinky, what you call it? You called yourself the songbird of your time. <laughs> <laughs> the songbird of a generation. Uh maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the uh I think late nineties was like that was the uh that was the shit. Like ninety four yeah. on ninety four to ninety eight, I would say. Yeah. yeah. That's when you had uh that's when you had some shit. I want to see Goody Thomas back, dude. I hope he comes back. I think we should start like a uh
0: petition. Can we just like go fund me it and then just be like, "Dude, what does it, we'll buy you like, I don't know, fuck. I don't know what you what what the money would buy you, but just please." Because he doesn't need the money. He's not doing it for the money, but he doesn't need the money to go do
1: it either. I think um I think he's, he's, so good. he's such a nice guy, and I think we could just guilt him into it by being getting like hundreds of people being like, "Goody, you've inspired me." Which is should we 100- a video? We should. Like, yeah, like one of those like two videos, like happy birthday.
0: <laughs> or like do one of those, you know, like how like people make these videos like like I stand with goody.
1: I stand oh with goody. God. that is, hysterical. I stand with goody.
0: And just get like just get like every like a hundred people to be like, I stand with goody.
1: <laughs> Dude, no, it would be fucking hysterical. It'd be like, what, the what the word, shit though? is this? I, uh, I think he would appreciate it. He would, he really blew me away because, um, you know, I won, I went in the advanced thing in 2018 and then he sent me a text and, you know, for me, Goody, I've always put on a pedestal. Like he's just, yeah. you know, I've, I've tried to, you know, replicate, bleh, replicate how he flies and stuff. And he sent me a text and I basically, um, you know, I don't want to be too uh, profane here, but there, was, there were some fluids involved. And um <laughs> and uh but I yeah. I was, my wine. Oh I yeah. almost spit out the wine. It was almost, Honestly, it was better than the trophy having somebody like that text me. I gotta be honest. Because like I've looked up oh, to absolutely. him, like for over the a decade. The yeah. It's so stupid. I mean, I'm just kidding. I love you, ISC.
0: <laughs> no, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't mean to downplay the fact that obviously getting I mean, the trophy itself—the object of the trophy—is meaningless. But like, you having that remembrance of what you did is incredible. But then having somebody like Goody yeah, reach right. out—that's cool. Like, yeah. I would love to be that person that reaches out to somebody and be like, "Dude, great job!" And then they're like, "Holy crap, that was so nice of that person." Just because I like being a—I like being that nice person, but I don't have the talent. Yeah, so that kind of sucks. Yeah, I tried <laughs> to like compare it. My
1: wife's like. She's like, who's like, who's Goody Thomas? And I'm like, imagine Britney Spears sends you a text message and like congratulates you. That's basically the level that I'm on right now with, with like that's how And she's yeah. like, okay, I'm going, I'm,
0: I'm leaving. Yeah. It, yeah. If Taylor Swift reached out,
1: that's about. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Britney know. Spears. Oh, I, yeah. I, Super. I put a lot of these guys on pedestals. And like, even like. Yeah, but like, it, it, with good reason, dude. Like,
0: look what Goody Thomas. Oh, totally. Even like this guy walks around like it's, it's kind of like walking around being a ninja like nobody knows you go to Safeway and you're grabbing a bag of freaking Cool Doritos. Nobody has anybody, any clue that you are a absolute surgeon in an unlimited aerobatic airplane to the point where you're one of the best on the planet and you're just walking around. It's 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 a weird thing, dude. It's, a, it's like, yeah, yeah, you're putting them on a pedestal, but at the same nobody time, can. like it's crazy. He's crazy watching what these guys do. Bourbon's another one. Like I feel like he's that dude got slept on a little bit. Like nobody really talks about him. He's his fucking freestyle.
1: We watched his freestyle. What what year was that? 2018, 2017? I, I sent you that video of him doing Remember that downline yeah, what thing year was he's that? He's like doing something on a downline pick speed. Uh 2014, I think, or 20 uh 2014. I don't know. 20 something. God. But like just you oh, know what everybody's Google fucking, yeah,
0: YouTube just Jeff Bourbon national freestyle. Oh my god! Like the up, I th- what did he do? Like upright to inverted to upright, or like, or he snapped.
1: He like, dude, I, he was he's doing something. Did he he did do? something vertical, and then he was coming down, just rolling, picking, doing some type of rotation down, picking up speed, pass, like you know, well over like spin entry speed, say, and then he just shoves the stick in the right spot and goes into like a flat. It's the coolest looking thing I've ever seen. Um, I'm sure a lot of people it, do it. But yeah, but his, his um, that, you know, I poo pooed
0: freestyle a little bit, I think on one of the podcasts, not, and not to poo poo it. Um, but like, as far as like, you know, it's, uh, oh, maybe it was with Justin's podcast. Cause we were talking about like judging and, and like how you judge this stuff and obviously how freestyle is harder to, cause you're not judging like the, the figure so much as you are judging the presentation. Right. right. Um, where, but like watching the, di- that's where I like watching because yeah. Yeah. You see, you know, okay. The field of unlimited is 12, 330 SCs and you watch the known it's, it's the same thing. Unless somebody really fucks up, you're, you're basically watching the same thing and, and the, the scrutinizing eye has to pick out these super, super minute details, which is super interesting. And I'm sure a lot of people love that element of it, but I think the, the, the personality of freestyle that his video really showed me that like it really changed my it blew my blew, first of all it blew my mind but then it kind of changed my mind as to where how i feel about freestyle because you watch rob's freestyle from the same year which is incredible don't get me wrong it's yeah. a totally different freestyle i don't even yeah. mean like maneuvers wise i mean the pacing is different like bourbon has so much more like slow con- like it's it's high energy in some cases but it's not high energy like robs robs is super high energy and it's super awesome um but bourbons was like a lot of like slower
1: speed type of stuff and it was really
0: impressive to see
1: yeah and robs is you know it's some of the stuff he does it's just like i can't even i've seen i've seen it in person a couple times and it's like you just look at it and you're like, what the fuck? Holy shit. You just, you just have to laugh. You're just like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's not even fair at a certain point. You know, when he yeah. does that, like inside tumble, everybody knows about it, but the thing just keeps on fucking going. And it's just like, wow, wow, wow. It's just whining. <laughs> like, when he, when he pulls up
0: to the 45.
1: Yeah. When he pulls up to
0: the 45 and, and you just see the, the tail skid, you're like, here it comes. Here it comes. And he just whips it across, dude. And it, it tumbles so fast and so end over end and so inside. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, dude. And you almost feel
1: bad for like some of his other figures that are still amazing. Like he does like, he calls it like a Frisbee or something. And he does like, um, another type of like really cool upright to inverted to upright spin thing. And those are all ridiculous figures. But that one figure is just on another level that like, you see, like, that thing where he like basically does like a Frisbee, I guess with, with left pedal and skids the airplane. And I don't even know how to describe it. And you're like, Oh, okay. That's, I guess that's kind of cool. Like what it's that all that that is. It's amazing too. (laughs) It's amazing. And
0: also extreme, like if there's, so the Frisbee, um, his inside tumble. And then there was another one where I'm like, you're only doing that in that airplane like that. You might do it in another in another airplane, but it's not going to be like that. Yeah, he
1: does something else where he like pulls and then pushes and does a push. It's just it's really good. I mean, I hate I hate yeah. like putting shit on a pedestal like that. And I hope it doesn't sound like Halo because it it's really no Halo effect whatsoever. It's that fucking great. Um, no, but it's great. And it, but you're right, though. And, and what I was going to say is like with the Bourbon um, Holland comparison, it's almost like, you know, Rob Holland's freestyle is, is basically going to um, a Metallica concert. It's just fucking like in your face. A lot's going on. It's fucking incredible. And Bourbon's yeah. freestyle is like going to the Met Opera, which is also yeah yeah. It's just different. And to yeah. you know, the music's amazing on both ends, but it's just totally opposite ends of the spectrum.
0: Well, and and if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like watching Bourbons, like I didn't see anything in there in there that was his right. He didn't invent anything. He, he just put it together in his way that, you know, and that takes such a creative mind to put together a freestyle like that because I I don't have that. Like I don't have that mind. I would have to have somebody build me a freestyle and then fly it, but I couldn't build what he built. It was beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but uh, he didn't invent a maneuver in there. No. Whereas Rob has maneuvers that he has literally invented. Yeah. Um, but it's wild to see the difference and that I like both in, in so many different ways, but yet both
1: it'd be really hard for me to like judge that. And it you know would be really cool hard Rob is Rob is really open with, with what he's doing. And if somebody like uh, there's people out there that are doing the inside tumble now um, yeah. and he could give a shit, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Like you could do it. Like, it's not, he's not one of those guys that, that's going to be like, that's my figure. Like you stole my figure. And he's just like whatever. I'll still fucking whoop ass. I don't give a shit. I'll come up with another figure. I don't care. He's probably he's probably got another four figures in his back pocket that he's just wait because nobody's been able to replicate his inside tumble. At least I haven't seen. And not with the energy and not not. I mean, his inside tumble,
0: dude. It's it. You know, I know. Like it looks fake. It it absolutely looks fake. Like he's got that physics button inside the cockpit. (laughs) That's kind of fair. That's kind of fair. Yeah. You know, like. The thing literally twists ninety degrees, and it looks like somebody's holding the wingtips and just flipping the airplane. Yeah, like End over
1: yeah, but he, yeah, what I was saying yeah. is like he's got, he's definitely got some figures in his back pocket that when somebody does that inside tumble just like he does, they're going to be like, ha, I gotcha, and then he's going to whip out some other fucking figure that's just going to be like twice as good, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't even like imagine, but yeah, he's. Well, and I'd love to see somebody
0: inside tumble like him. I mean, like you know, he goes up on the 45 and does it. I bet if he got, if he went up like 60 degrees that he would, he could just go forever. Yeah. That he could just go forever. It doesn't stop. It doesn't yeah. run out of energy. He, you can see the airplane. It doesn't run out of energy. He, that last tumble, that last inside tumble looks just like the first one. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. And the MX, I mean, he runs out of airspeed. I mean, it does like run out, but you know what I mean? It doesn't, you know how like, you know, some of these, like, you know, you, you lump Shavok or you shoulder roll or something in like a normal airplane. And like the last one is kind of like, kind of like, okay, it's kind of running out. That's why you're, that's why it's the last one, you know, right. like in, in whatever, whatever, wherever that figure falls in your sequence gave you X amount of energy for the entry. So that gave you X amount of, you know, tumbles. Right. And so that last one always kind of looks like a half ass tumble, you know, cause you're exiting his is just like fucking he could just do that right to the ground I mean, he could go up to 5,000 feet and the thing would just fucking go forever and ever and ever.
1: Yeah. It's know, just, it's cool. the, and the MXS is just such a cool, I really, it's really growing on me. Um, I really like watching it fly. It's, it's a really nice presenting airplane. Um, and you know, he does a really great job. I'm excited for other people to fly it. I really am. Yeah. It was fun
0: to talk to him about that too. Like, um, obviously, it was. Um, I had to be like. I mean, it was probably it probably came off as such a sh- uh, artificial and shitty interview, but like I was nervous because I'd never talked to him before, and he comes off like
1: be he's super not.
0: personal and super nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, hey man, like I'm asking you this question. Don't get mad, but he does. You know, he's We're very personal. With
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Vogel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who carries a bottle of lube on the first date
0: <laughs> bottle of
1: lube? oh man what's his name in that uh what's his hawaiian id mclevin mclevin for any of you listening we're talking about super bad because we're add but yeah <laughs> anyway um how would you get muhammad anyway um <laughs> but yeah yeah so like it was it a talk to him about that stuff. it was, was really a cool. total interview um And I think that we should get him on again. And I mean, he's really open with, with, with whatever you want to talk about And, you know, going back to that whole Goody thing about how, like, you know, for me, you know, Goody's been a real idol for me, you know, Rob was equally so like really, um, you know, great role model and and somebody to, to look at and, and try to replicate or, you know, um, learn from, but, You know, I got to develop a a little bit of a relationship with Rob, at least I think so. I don't know if he considers me a friend, but, um, so it's kind of like a lot of shit about you, um, offline to me, but that's all right.
0: Yeah.
1: No, (laughs) no. (laughs) So the MXS is the worst airplane that you can ever own. Don't ever. (laughs) And, uh, and uh, Rob Holland has complete halo. He doesn't deserve any of his Titan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> complete halo.
1: <laughs> complete halo. It's fucking, no, no, he's, it's, it's weird though. Cause like I'll watch, you know, you can't, it's all, yeah, I'm just such a, uh, a wimp about this stuff, but you know, it's, it's sometimes you got to pinch yourself, but you get to train with some of these people because it's, you know, they're, they're like uh, celebrities to to people like you and I. So it's, it's really neat. You know,
0: what, what other, you know, like, um, people don't often talk about this, but like, you know, when you compartmentalize this and you, and you kind of take a step back and you look in, uh, you know, anybody that flies aerobatics has idols. I mean, like, okay, if you're a private pilot, like you can have mentors and you can certainly have idols, but the, but the people's idols are like Charles Lindbergh or like Chuck Yeager rest in peace, uh, who just died. But, um, you know what I mean? Like in aerobatics, like your, your heroes start becoming a little more tangible, Like you're, you're, you're actively looking at the people and you're looking like nobody has a private pilot license and is like, oh my God, this guy can do, you should see the turns around a point this guy can do. Like he is (laughs) my idol, right? Nobody really thinks like that. Um, but like in aerobatics, you really do start, you have, you have these celebrities, these idols, these mentors, these people you build up in your head, heroes. I mean, I still have Sean Tucker's email. I, I remember, um, when the second, you know, when Nick Nealmeyer died, rest in peace, uh, after the Stars of Tomorrow, I emailed Sean Tucker and I was like, if you do another Stars of Tomorrow, how do I get in? And I don't even remember how old I was. Um, but by the way, uh to tie to, to tie this all in, that same chapter 38 meeting where Ben Freelove gave his dissertation on spins, Jesse Panzer brought in a lot of uh kind of b-roll footage and talked about the stars of tomorrow. And she had a bunch of footage from Nick Neilmeier's, um lipstick camera on his extra. And just, it was like the cool, just the coolest to see the stars of tomorrow. flying. Yeah, uh, and for those cool. who don't know what the stars of tomorrow is um, look it up. You know, you, you can YouTube it and find it, but um, it was really cool. But like I idolized Sean Tucker and Bill Stein. I mean, still do, uh, you know, all for all, you know, full disclosure, like they're, they're awesome. Uh, amazing pilots. Like they're on the Mount Rushmore of, of aerobatic, you know, air show pilots and aerobatic pilots as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's wild that you start to get to meet these people. I mean, then certainly Rob, interviewing Rob Holland, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like I, I, five years ago, 10 years ago, I'm watching Rob fly on YouTube and I'm just like, oh my God. Like, this is this guy's amazing and then I'm, I'm getting to interview him like it's super cool you know yeah. so it's, it's wild that you get to get coached it must be so wild and surreal to like hear him key the mic and be like oh do this or do that or to be have a rapport to where like <laughs> that one uh what you do is like an outside snap but you ended up going from 45 to 90 yeah and like they're laughing cool. yeah to have weird. that rapport yeah. super cool dude
1: yeah it's, it's a dream Yeah. It's so cool. And like Rob, you know, Rob's a really young guy and, um, you know, he's really, um, friendly, uh, social, you know, he has a lot of great attributes. And, um, so he's in like almost like a different class. Whereas like, if you got a, um, like I remember I met Linda Morrissey, Linda Myers Morrissey for the first time. And, you know, I remember seeing pictures of her flying with the 96 walk in Oklahoma or, you know, the Breitling cap and, you know, here I am like standing and talking to her and I'm just like, uh, like, (laughs) and, uh, you know, people like that. And, you know, even when I first met Nikolai, when I was a kid, um, you know, this is like, yeah, it's really, you know, for me, at least, I, I think there's a couple other people out there or maybe a bunch of others that, that feel the same way. But I think the main point too, is that I don't think that somebody like me, Linda or, or Nick, or, you know, obviously Goody and Jeff, I don't think they understand um, just the impact and that the um, you know, that people, you know, put them on a pedestal. I don't know how to,
0: how to, how yeah, to really it.
1: describe it. Um, but yeah, they don't realize like how people view them. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty wild. I love that this whole podcast that we haven't talked, like we were like, oh, we're going to plan on like, you know, we'll do a little ADD stuff like we usually do maybe a little Carboni talk. And we'll jump right back into shoes because you kind of left us high and dry to go plow some snow. And here we are. Like, <laughs> I love it. You know, this will be the, you know, this will be, uh, I don't know, shoes and snaps or something. Maybe that'll be the name. I don't know. No, um, let's not end it. Let's uh, let's just pause it and then maybe do a little bit more either tomorrow night or later and we'll call it the uh, ADD episode. ADD. Okay. I mean,
0: this will already be it. We, d- we did over an hour. We did an hour and a half last time. So this is you're pushing two and a half hours already. Oh, shit. We did two and a half hour, an hour and a half before. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's well, what I'm saying. This is dude. We're, we could just we could just ADD this bad boy all, you know. Oh, I love it. Um, all right. Yeah. Cool. A good podcast, dude. This is
1: I, I think this is a good one for Friday. You know, it's I, Monday. I think we covered a lot about shoes. I like going. I love talking about like the classic, uh, not the classic. I like talking about the 90s aerobatic era early. I love that whole era. And I could talk you about do. that for hours, and um, oh, we got to get yeah. I've, we always thought We got to get this person, and we're getting them on. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I hope people learned a lot about shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
0: if you're if you have never tried shoe, if you're like I'm gonna go do aerobatics, I need shoes. You know, find a sh- a, a a shoe that you can feel the airplane in. You know, so- thin sold. Um, something that can slide on the heel trays. And, um, personally, I personally don't like shoes with laces because inevitably they, they get untied, um, and it drives me nuts. Uh, so I like slip-ons, but I do have the lift shoes that are, that do tie and they've been okay. Um, sometimes they, they get loose in the airplane. I got to retie them, but that's happened like once or twice, but yeah, yeah. You find a good sh- shoe that fits you and is comfortable. It's thin all around, like meaning it's not, it's not like don't fly in a boot. You, know, yeah. you show up playing in boots, like come on, dude. Come on. Um, something really thin, you know, you, like a Puma. Yeah, what are you, a cowboy? Yeah, what is it? What are you? What do you like driving a tractor after this, dude? Um,
1: <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I would. You know, the, uh, I would say not in uh, favorite order. The Lift Shoe is definitely something. I mean, I lo- great product. The Lift Shoe. Um, yeah. After that, I think Puma uh, dishes out yeah. a lot of great brands. If you look into their racing equipment. Um, the some Marco of
0: it's, are awesome, dude.
1: Yep. And you know, bang for your buck. Um, good shoe too, is the wrestling shoe. Um, yeah. those are my three and there's a lot of others out there that I tried. I didn't like, I didn't like the pilot peyote, piloties. I didn't really like those oh, too didn't. much. No, okay. I don't like using running shoes just cause of the heel. I don't like using no. running uh, shoes. Do
0: not use a running shoe. I don't know anybody that uses a running shoe. They're, they're terrible. They're yeah. terrible for it.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my top, you know, what I've trial and error. Um, if, hopefully that helps a little bit to narrow down when you go, go yeah. get a shoe out there. Uh, what about you? Yeah. Um, top three for me. Um, honestly
0: it, uh, it's, you know, the lifted, the lift is probably my top shoe for aerobatics, although it, it can't do anything or I wouldn't wear it it's you certainly could wear it outside of flying airbags or outside flying. Um, although a lot of people, you know, wear them f- any kind of tailwheel flying or any kind of flying where your, your heel is going to be on the floor to articulate the rudder pedals or brake. um You know, it might even work great in something like a heel, you know, like a um, heel brake a or a J three or something, you know, mm-hmm. where you got like the wood paneling on the bottom. That might, that might work great for if you can get, if your feet are tall enough to get your feet on the floor with the heel and then the rudder pedal. I, I don't know if you could articulate it that way, but my feet are not, I'm like size nine and a half. So my heel is off, you know, off the floorboard uh, in those situations. But I like the lift, man. I, you know, I flew with them again yesterday. I love how easy it is to move the the heel on the tray. Yeah, no, it's um, a good shoe.
1: I just wish it, I mean, I, we're going to wrap up, but um, we got to talk to to the lift company. I think you said the guy's name was Todd, right? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they can do something a little bit wider. That's my biggest that was the biggest problem with the shoe is it wasn't wide enough for my foot.
0: Yeah. And you know, you mentioned that. Um, and when I put the shoes on yesterday, I was like, and like I said, I, I kind of have a wider foot. Like I can, my foot is wide. So like cycling shoes, I need a wide. And even some of the wide shoes in cycling are uh, kind of narrow. And that's been a big problem uh, for a lot of people where like, you know, you wear a normal shoe, but then cycling shoes just for whatever reason seem to be super narrow. Yeah. Um, and I'm finding myself with the lift shoes. I'm like, you know, I could have gone, I, I could, I I need a wide shoe in, in a, in a lift shoe. They, they are kind of narrow, um, but it doesn't, the, the, the ultra mesh is meshy. So it doesn't, Um. you know, it's, it doesn't put pressure on you and it's, it's really malleable. So like, it, it doesn't feel weird, but you, you do feel it. You, you know, if you have a wider foot, it's probably not going to be the best shoe for you, but um, the Tom's slip ons are pure crack uh, for an all around. (laughs) Like if you're going to buy one shoe to like walk around, uh, do whatever, and then go fly. I love that shoe. Cause I I'll put them on it. And like, sometimes I won't even think about what shoe I have. I don't want to think about what shoe I have for flying. um, But I think I told you, I don't know if I told you on the first part of this podcast or offline, but like I should move my shoes to the hanger. So I know, that I can just put them on there and then leave them there. Yeah. Just be consistent. Um, yeah. And that's probably what I would do with the lift shoe is just, you know, it, I like it as a dedicated, uh, flying shoe, um, with my wider, uh, outside foot. I, I don't know that it'd be the best all around shoe, but yeah, the Toms slip ons van slip ons, um, are great. And then the Sparko Pumas that, that have the gum sole are yeah. really great. Cause that gum sole is a little bit, it's a little bit. Um, I don't know if harder is the right word, but just like the way um, that 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 rubber is uh, the the formulate the formula of the the rubber, it it slides on that tray pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think I'm gonna buy the pair of Puma. I was looking at them after we spoke a couple of days ago, uh, part one, I guess, of this episode. And the, yeah, uh, yeah, the Sparkle Pumas. Uh, I, think, I like them. Yeah, I'm gonna get yeah, them. A they're go.
0: bucks. Um, and you feel everything, you know, like that's the nice thing about those shoes is like, you can, you feel everything. So like, like with me, um, uh, I did a lot of track days flying or uh, racing cars and stuff. And so heel towing and then really shifting, um, the, like using the inside or what do you even call it? I guess, I mean, it's the outside of your foot, but kind of, um, bowing your foot in and using the outside of your, like, so like the left foot, right. Tilting it. So the bottom of your shoe is inward and using the outside of your foot to articulate stuff. Um, I tend to do that. And I so I need I need to be able to feel it. I need to be able to feel the side. Um, you know, I don't know what you call that, but like the side of the foot. Um, so having too thick of a, of a um of a sole where you can't feel the side of your foot and what it's doing is is no bueno, you know, and the the lift shoes a little bit thicker for that, but like those, uh, sparkle Pumas are like, they're kind of racy shoes and, uh, they're, they're, you
1: know, they're, they're good to go. Yeah. I think I, uh, my whole internet just cut out. So I missed that whole rambling speech. So I'm assuming you were right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I rambled like a little label. Uh, oh, cool. So you didn't even notice. Uh, that. I was like, I love it.
0: <laughs> no, I just saw your text. I'm like, Oh, I hope I didn't cut out, but uh, I'm showing my levels are good. Your levels are coming back. So, um yeah it looks true. like maybe you cut out for a second.
1: Yeah freaking uh, I don't know. I don't whatever. know what the these things. What episode is. episode is this? What episode is this? Uh it's I think 15. I can't remember 15. what I said.
0: Let me I mean look. 15. I was listening
1: to the uh to that podcast with Pinky. I was laughing my ass
0: off. So. Shout out to Pinky. Love that dude. Getting a lot of good feedback, dude. Um
1: it was a great podcast. Yeah. Uh and, 14 uh, is really and fifteen. Cool. This is fifteen. The ADD episode. The ADD episode. I yeah. love it. Um, you got anything <laughs> else,
0: dude?
1: No, nah, man. I'm gonna run. My kids are crying right now. Something's going on. I gotta go see who's fighting. And uh, yeah. <laughs> well, good luck over there, uh, yeah. dude. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys all next week. All right. See you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit.